Silencius Media is now part of the Spotify exclusive team. If you'd like to watch this episode and others uncensored and uncut, click on the link in the description below. All right, we got Kaylin Chase in today, toured with Corn, Vimic, MTV Unplugged back in the day. We can't forget about that. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. So you were also on the Batman, the Lego Batman soundtrack. I was um, an uncredited, I think there's a credit somewhere, but um, all the background vocals for the Will Arnett, like those really high butt rock things, those are all me. That is huge. I was happy about it. It was the most, I think that was probably, a, if not the most fun I had in the studio. My buddy, uh, my producer, Kato Kandwada, uh one of the later things we did before he passed away, and that we just... I kept saying, hey, I can add a higher harmony. He's like, can you? I said, yeah, just let me smash my nuts real quick, and we'll keep <laughs> He's like, you're the boss. Now, how does that happen? So do they contact, I mean, we're talking about Lego Batman, not like some, you know, low-budget movie. I mean, yeah. this Batman. How do you get that gig? So the funny thing about music and the industry, it's this serpentine connection. So my producer, Cato, who is best known for working with uh, the, the Pretty Reckless, which is Taylor Momsen's band, um, Worked with many, many great bands, Breaking Benjamin, other other things like that. But he knew somebody, and they asked him to produce the vocals for this. And he was working with um, another singer from a pretty big band, and uh, it just wasn't vibing right. The guy is an awesome singer, but they just didn't dig it. And so he calls me, and he says, "Hey, come into the studio, and you're gonna sing some high butt rock on the Lego Batman." And I said, "Okay." And he <laughs> said, "Everybody give like no." Yeah, right? <laughs> and I see he's like, "You're not gonna get big credit, but they're gonna pay you a decent amount of money, and we're gonna just do this thing." I was like, "That's fine. I don't have anything going on." So we did it, and that so basically was just all networking, all just who you know. You get the call. Like I've done them. I've done so many random gigs that way, and some really fun gigs, some terrible gigs. Uh, just it's it's all about who you know. Um, and then when, when, when you're reading that and you're you're singing on that, how long does that take? Um, so. There's the learning of the lyrics, and you can always you know use the cheat sheet in the studio. Um, if it's a really like personal deep song, I try to memorize those. Uh, it generally takes me about thirty minutes to memorize a normal length song, but then learning harmonies and stuff like that, it just depends on how complicated it is. So the cool thing is once you get the first harmony, for me it's like I can kind of visualize the rest of them. So I'll bang out kind of the basic idea, and then it's stacking just more, 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 and then everything kind of fits in a little space. So I mean, we did all those tracks, which every single track was uh, done four times to layer. So there was five, har six harmonies. So 24 of those tracks. Wow. Uh, that took about four hours. Four hours? That's not bad. Yeah. With a, with a, 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 well, Cato loved to take breaks. So, you know, we probably had a six, <laughs> seven hour day, but we only did four hours. Four hours actually worked. Yeah. Yeah. We charged for the whole Wow. Day. What a gig, though, huh? It was a, that was the, so fun because we got to be ridiculous, you know. Batman! <laughs> and you also have a new album out, right? Called Happy. Uh, so that's a single. The album is not out yet, but I've got four, one, two, let's see, three singles out now, uh, a cover, and we're going to be releasing something else. So we're kind of figuring out if we're going to keep doing, because in modern day, it's like singles are so good and, you know, people don't really do the record thing unless it's an actual vinyl and you can tour on it. So yeah, that's right. So we're going to, or hopefully we're going to push these uh, songs that are already out. Uh, Happy is one of the main singles, uh, let them come and good things. And then I did a cover of uh, sex and candy, sex and candy too. Yeah. Ooh, that was that, that magazine's been around forever. It was, remember that song from the Marcy 90s? Playground? That, yeah. 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 Uh, I smell sex and uh, candy. So we, my brother, we were, it was COVID time, so he was on a Zoom directing the video, 
and my buddy was filming it with his phone, and I was just doing this ridiculous shit at my house. We did this Home Alone spoof. I got to dress in drag, which is always good for me. Um, so we put that out. It's uh, on YouTube. It's it's a fun like we just did that in between singles to like give the people something. You should have somebody come down the chimney and hit them with a pretend hit them with like a. Oh. Uh, Sledgehammer or something. We could and pretend, or we could make a snuff film. That's the cool thing about art. We could go either way. And here it is, right? Oh so. yeah, that's, that's the that's the single I did. That was the last uh, big one. Um, and do you have a, do you have any tour dates yet? Uh, we are working on some stuff. Hopefully, going to be out in uh, August for sure, and going to start trying to play around uh, Nashville. I just played uh, at the Sofar Sounds in Miami uh, a few weeks ago. Super fun show. So it's kind of starting. Um, nothing official to announce yet, but um, if you get on the internet and follow Caitlin Chase on all the stupid platforms, you will find out information. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you with the stupid platforms. Yes, follow all the platforms. Get Sign up and, and hit like and subscribe. <laughs> now my manager's not going to beat me with cat and nine tails because right. I said all this good He stuff. said what you wanted to say, yeah. right? Get on the platforms. You want to play one of the songs from the album? I would. That would or, be great. I yeah, think, sure. Uh, let's see. Yeah, let's do. Uh, we'll do one now. Yeah, uh, we'll do one. Guys, you want to do happy? Let them come or good things? Let's do uh, good things. Nice, good song. Dead time for you. That's so fucking cool, man. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. No worries. If I can get this pick out of my ass, there we go. It smells like me. <laughs> You're fucking cool shit, dude. Good things are happening somewhere, always. Good things are happening somewhere. Good things are happening somewhere, always They're just not happening here today I can't sleep at night My eyes are wide open And only numb feels right It helps ignore the smoking gun it is not brave for me to not give up My only choice is when or remain stuck You get what you get, not what you deserve The meek are too tired to inherit the earth Try not to despair, despair has no worth Best not to care, it lessens the hurt Good things are happening somewhere, always Good things are happening somewhere Good things are happening somewhere, always They're just not happening here today Heard it said that everything is energy A balance check with mathematics Universal symmetry 
But some are robbed and some received. A deadbeat wins the lottery. So where do I fit? What is my role in this tragedy? I'm laughing through my tears, sweet comedy. Yeah, it's comedy. you get not what you deserve the meek are too tired to inherit the earth try not to despair despair has no word it's best not to care it lessens the hurt That's all I can say. I don't yes, even know what the yes, fuck is that. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. That was good. Thank you so much. Golly. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a first. Uh, we've had the live music that beautiful. You're just beautiful. Beast. Yeah, beautiful. Nice. Really beautiful. I, I hope I didn't blow out the mic. No, I was no, going I was, it was watching absolutely levels. perfect. Yeah. Excellent. It was absolutely I'm, perfect. I'm a big loud piece of shit sometimes. So you gotta watch that. Watch watch those big notes. So did uh, you did you write you wrote that? So how did this come about? With COVID. Yeah. With COVID. Uh, so actually, the COVID, so this one was done uh, about, so. This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked. I want to talk to you guys out there who are working out all the time but aren't seeing any results. Your commitment isn't the issue. You're going to the gym all the time, different body parts, everything else. Before you go and buy a new supplement, try a new diet, new routine, let's talk about your testosterone. Low testosterone can affect anyone at any age. And low testosterone will take away muscle mass and you'll gain body fat. So let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. They're the worldwide leader at home testing kits. You order the testing kit, it's delivered right to your house, discreet packaging, next day delivery. You send it back, once it arrives in the laboratory, your results will be available in two to five days on your secure online account. So if you want to test your testosterone levels without leaving your home, visit Try lgc.com slash mscs and use the code mscs at checkout and get 30 percent off the link is in the description at the top this podcast is brought to you by monster energy tear into a can of the meanest energy drink on the planet monster energy it's the ideal combo of the right ingredients in the right proportion to deliver a big bad buzz that only monster can monster packs a powerful punch has a smooth, easy-drinking flavor. Athletes, musicians, co-eds, road warriors, metalheads, geeks, hipsters, and bikers dig it. 
You will too. Monster Energy is more than just the green OG. Monster has Monster Ultra, Juice Monster, Monster Hydro, Rehab Monster, Dragon Tea, Monster Max, Muscle Monster, and many more. Buy on Amazon, buy on Walmart, or go to monsterenergy.com and believe me, you'll find a place. Unleash the beast. Monster Energy. About a year before, so I was working with my producer, I was the, we did the Lego thing uh, with uh, Kato Kandwana. Um, and he's passed away, and I'm probably fucking up his last name, which he would laugh at. So I apologize, <laughs> friends and family. Okay. <laughs> uh, I never called him his last name. I just called him Dickhead. Uh, <laughs> so we were in the same studio, El Dorado Studios. Yeah, if you could tell people what El Dorado Studios is. So it's a, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. We were at Sphere Studios. I eventually went to El Dorado. So Sphere Studios is a really cool place, a lot of great acts there. And he had a room there. He was originally from the East Coast. So I, he produced the Vimic record. That's where I met him in uh, 2017, it was 2016. So we did that. We became fast friends. I went and recorded the vocals, the rest of the vocals um, with him in his studio. And so when he came to L.A., uh, I started working with him every day in a room about this size. And then we had a drum room and other things. But we were constantly working on these projects together. So I was like this close to the dude uh, five days a week for a couple years. And... So I was doing the metal thing with Vimic, and then that kind of imploded for a lot of various reasons. Uh, I feel like there's going to be an awesome burp. I'll go like this way when it happens. But, um, burp into the microphone. Oh, thank you. All right, we'll clean it up later. Um, <laughs> hopefully nothing else comes out. So the uh, We have another one. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we were working together all this time, and... He's and as it is, it's imploding, you know. And I, you know, thinking, oh, everything sucks. I'm gonna, what do I do? And he's like, what about all the other shit you've been writing for the last 15 years? Like, <laughs> what about stuff like that you showed me? All this other things. I was like, I got hired by Corn when I was 22, and I've been lumped into the metal scene for the, that entire time. So that's what people pay me for. And he's like, well, yeah, but you like this other stuff. So he, uh, him, Joey Jordison, uh, before he passed, who was in Vimic, was always supportive of that. And uh, uh, one of my best buds, Jonathan Davis from Corn, they're constantly being like, dude, play, for, you know, we love your metal stuff, but uh, we like this. This is really good. This is you. So my, I've been writing songs with my brother for years and years. So he's always been a part of. Of that, my brother Nick Morris. Uh, I would have had him here, but I'm selfish and I want the limelight, and, so he can fuck right off. But um, that song came together around that time, so he was listening. So Kato was going to produce all these things before he passed, um, and when that happened, I was like, "Fuck!" It. And it took me a few months to be like, "Okay, I'm going to do this." And Cato had a producer he worked with, an engineer named Phil English at El Dorado Studios. Uh, the Black Parade was recorded there. Um, Big shit. So uh, had a lot of great albums. And I went up, like kind of like, I'd only talked to Phil on the phone for work, and finally I was like, hi, Cato's dead, and here's songs. <laughs> and I don't have any idea what I'm, I'm not doing. laughing at that. No, no, I, I, we all do. We got it. You know, he would be. So I was like, yeah, Cato's dead now. Here. I don't know what to do. He's dead, and everybody's dead, and my metal career is dead, and here's songs. What do you think? And, and Phil's like, I'll work with you. And everything got done, and we were getting ready to go, and the fucking pandemic happened. Uh. And I was in Nashville, wasn't even moved there full time yet. Was, I was doing, a, I was cooking for a, uh, the hurricane victims, or the tornado victims, oh, cool. and we got a friend in the government who's like, hi guys, uh, if you want to be in your house, which was in L.A., Get the fuck out of Nashville now. So we had a, a day, sent the food. I ran to the studio, wrote a song about the pandemic and what was happening, 
and left. And then it was pretty much crickets. We were stuck at home for a year. And I was like, wow, this is the perfect time to start your career. Hmm. It's not. <laughs> it's not a good time to change lanes, kids. <laughs> Take it from me. It, next time a pandemic hits, hopefully it doesn't, don't change lanes in your career. It's a bad move. Don't do it in the middle of it. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Get it done before or wait till after. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to, like, I used to have a pigment, and now I don't, oh, no, I didn't, never mind. <laughs> I become a fucking ghost. <laughs> and then, you, well, what happened with that? So you come home one day, you're in a bad mood, you're talking to your wife, right? Yes. Oh, my God, yeah, I forgot about that. You know, she's a very positive person, so we're a great balance. Um, and she was like, you know, good things are happening all the time. Good things are happening, you know, all over the place. All you have to do is focus. I'm like, yeah, good things are happening somewhere always, babe. They're just not fucking happening here today. And I was like, ding! It's like that Dewey Cox, like, ah. And I was like, I'll be right back. So, and got that song going. My brother helped me, uh, helped me with some of the, uh, I think, yeah, I think he was part of that one. He's part of most of them, but uh, look at that right shit. Th- yep, right there it is. Man, I thank God I'm a narcissist. Otherwise, I'd be uncomfortable looking at <laughs> And I'm legally blind, so I think I'm really attractive. Yeah, can you blow that up a little bit? <laughs> it's yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool that you see it. The whole things that I saw that I was like, man, now what a fucking good idea in such a shit situation, you know? Yeah. Keep going down, Rob. That's right. That was the first one that came out. We yeah. didn't know what we were gonna do. We figured studio. Look at all that. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, it's funny. It was. It was. Uh, so I wrote it before the pandemic, and then when the pandemic happened, I was like, well, this is a... Everyone's like, what's your first single going to be? What do you fucking think it's going to be? It's going to be this. Because I think everyone was pretty much like, if you're trying to be... Even if you're trying to be positive, it's like, this kind of sucks right now. And a lot of people had it way worse than me, and uh, so I'm very lucky and fortunate, but it still sucked. I mean, I was stuck in my house with my wife and two roommates, and I am a... I'm a, generally a friendly guy, as long as no one's around me. <laughs> so that was a thing. So how did that work out? Uh, we we learned boundaries, and they learned that <laughs> as long like I love to cook for people, like that's how I emotionally connect with, is by giving people food. And they learned that we weren't going to have chit chats about anything. Don't talk to me like about a, anything, and we'll shut we'll up talk. and eat. Yeah, it's yep. like, let's talk about movies, farts, you know. Yeah, cool shit. Humor. Yeah, bullshit. Bullshit is beautiful. Bullshit's happy. And then I will make you food, and then you guys can go in the corner and talk about... Your dumb shit, yeah, your gossip, whatever, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Or TLC, your ID channel, right? Yeah, I, like, I am <laughs> I hate awkwardness so much that if I, I'm watching a, like, chop the Food Network show, and, like, if there's any back talk to the judges and it gets intense, I just leave. Yeah. I just walk away. <laughs> I, there's something wrong with me. No, I, it, it, it drives me nuts, too. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to argue, it's going to be for a good reason, and it's going to be, let's get this thing going, and hopefully afterwards we can all get a beer together or never see each other again. Like, I don't want to have a little tiff. Right, it's going to be A or B. Yeah, let's. we're going to get this thing done, and hopefully we resolve it one way or... Well, we're going to resolve it one way or another, because I won't stop until it's done, because I don't ever want to repeat. I hate... To, having the same argument, that's where, in repeating myself, oh. or have somebody repeat something to me... It sends me to a fucking dark place. If you could be a, if you could turn from musician to therapist and have some women in and tell them you don't have to repeat the same thing a hundred times because you're like a celebrity guy, <laughs> it doesn't work with me and him. Yeah. Okay, maybe you could say we heard you the first fucking time. 
so it's so funny. Um, the exact same behavior happens with. Uh, there's a lot of women who do that to men, and then there's a lot of drunk guys True. or coked up guys. And I was trying to figure out the correlation, and I realized this is the thing. And you know, I'm by no means a. I'm not an arch feminist. I think everybody's an equal piece of shit. The reason that, that I've noticed that women repeat things to guys is because so many guys they talk to are so fucking stupid. <laughs> or, like me, I'm not listening. So my wife will be like, hey. And I was like, you already told me that. She's like, you didn't make any reaction. Well, I was thinking about dinosaurs, and then I was thinking about how big an egg was. <laughs> like, And imagined a dinosaur omelet. And yes, I did hear you, but I, yeah, I didn't respond. My part. All right, all right. Now so, that you say that, I would have to say I fall in the same category as you. I just tune it out. Yeah. And it's not that they're saying anything. that's They're not annoying me. I just zone out. Yeah. And I was talking to my dad. I'm very uh, similar to my father. And it's like... So it was funny. I stopped getting annoyed with the women closest to me. And, and also, there's plenty of guys that do it. But like, I realized that there is a precedent set. Um, I'm just going to punch the mic. And um, if, if, if what I've started doing now is, and my wife's awesome at this. She's like, hi, I'm about to tell you something important. Can you stop thinking about whatever you're thinking about for two <laughs> seconds? Or would you like me to tell you later? Again, so, you need to be a therapist it, now. It's so great. Because I'll be like, okay, I am now paying attention to what you are saying. She's like, thank you. The The maintenance guy is coming at 2 p.m. on Thursday. Will you be there? Yes. And she's like, you know what the best thing is, babe? I won't tell you again. I'm going to write it down because I'm going to forget because I'm fucking stupid. But at least we figured this out. So I, I kind of like, I everything is based on stuff that we've built. Every generalization and thing like that. And it's always a two-sided street. The that And you crystallize that. Like, there's so many women who repeat themselves and guys are like, well, she always told me. I was like, really? How many times have you not listened or forgot? Right. And so, and, if you, and you have to admit it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't listen. Oh. I don't listen because it's just constant. I'm miles yeah. away all the time. You might have saved 20,000 marriages right now. <laughs> or maybe half a million or a million. All right. Uh, so I'll have the, my address up <laughs> on the thing and you guys send me five bucks a piece. There you go. Because I got guitar shit I need to buy. Yep. There you go. <laughs> and I don't even want to cut. Oh, no, I'm sending you something nice. I'm sending you whatever you like. Some Basil Hayden whiskey or something like that. Now, somehow you found out how, a way to work this out with your wife. But what happened when you guys got married with the bridesmaids? A guy named AJ told me a little something. Kind of a funny story. Oh, no. There's a little birdie that told you something naughty. Oh, birdie came on my shoulder and told me something. Did you clean it up after he did? Uh, I want to hear about it. All right. Um, so... We are a very tight-knit group of people. We worked in a bar and a restaurant. Like, when I wasn't on tour, I was uh, doing security. Like, it was a, like, tight-knit group. We had a party house that we went to that was right down the street off of Hollywood Boulevard. Everybody was everybody's friend. And in your 20s, I'm sure anybody in the restaurant industry, or I think you'll all know that there's a time in your life, if you're drinking and having fun, that you bang a bunch of people that you know. And I did that. Now, the cool thing was that after certain dramatic things occurred and everybody grew up a little bit and everybody calmed down a little bit, we realized that none of that matters. It was fun. We all banged, everybody banged somebody and we didn't let any drama affect us and it took a little bit. Like I just, even back then, I was like, it's fine. Like you can have it three ways as long as you treat everybody equal and then don't act weird afterwards. <laughs> the bridesmaids though, bro. I'm getting there. I So three... Oh, three, we're not even at that part yet. Three of the bridesmaids at my wedding of my wife's friends uh, uh, had carnal knowledge of me and I of them. The best part about it is my wife didn't give a crap. Wow. Because she is, well, there's stipulations because I don't have the mechanism for jealousy because it's silly. 
and my wife is very confident and loving and she's you know she has more emotions than i do about certain things i mean i i have a lot of rage i got that but like she's she's a deep feeling person it's not like she doesn't give a shit but she's just a creature of love and she's like what you banged our friends of mine she's like i literally she walked into a, an apartment of one of her friends where i was in the bed i was like hi alicia walk of shame style <laughs> um, before we were dating it was great um she didn't care one the right after we started dating uh she was at a show and she calls me like laughing hysterically and she says so and this was not bridesmaids these were some other people's like okay there's like five <laughs> people here that you've had sex with and they all know that I'm with you now and they're all acting really weird and then they all realize that they all had sex with you and now it's even weirder <laughs> and I was like um and I didn't know what she's I like know what this is the that funniest line. fucking thing I've ever seen I was like I love you I love you wow. and that's when I fell in love with her right <laughs> yeah, there I, I would have too I, like, I just fell in love with her with you <laughs> she, dude, she's, I'm the luckiest man you're on fucking the right this episode is sponsored by Aurora do you know what the fastest growing crime in America is for years, this crime rate has been surging and affecting millions of Americans. I'm talking about identity theft, and there's a new victim every 14 seconds. Yet despite this, those who have had their identity stolen are often shocked when it happens. That's why I'm excited to partner with Aurora, who is sponsoring this video. Aurora is identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software all into one easy-to-use app. Their VPN allows you to stay anonymous online by keeping your browsing history and personal information safe and encrypted. Protect you and your family from America's fastest growing crime. Try Aurora for free for two weeks and see if you or anyone in your family's personal information has been compromised. Start your free trial today. Go to aurora.com MSCS. The link is in the description below. I, I got I got a chance to sow my wild oats and then have those wonderful people still in my life, and they were at the wedding. And I think it's got to be some kind of record having three. That's a record. I, I'd a, hope so. And still being married. Still being married. That's and a all, big record. Yeah. I mean, that should go in the Guinness Book of World Records. Well, I'm telling. Right? At least you didn't have kids with them. That would have been weird, though. Well, that would have been. That would have been. Yeah. A Don't worry. Mess. I got my tails are all squirrely. I went to the doctor. Oh, he they told me. Sure. He's like, your uh, your testosterone is really great. I was like, yeah. Well, I feel pretty aggressive and idiotic. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but your tails are all crooked. I was like, sick. That means they're not going anywhere. They're swimming in circles like, you know, a dog's been hitting the head with a brick. <laughs> and to you, you're like, perfect. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. No more condoms. Yeah. I'm kidding. Thank safe you, doctor. Safe sex. And especially nowadays, safe sex, everybody. We don't yeah, know. Who the fuck knows now, yeah. right? <laughs> the world is overpopulated as is, and most people I come in contact with are absolute twats. So, Yeah, I would have to agree. A high percentage. But it's that old... George Carlin idea, which I didn't realize. I watched the documentary and he crystallized my soul. It's like, I hate people. I love a person. Like, it's so funny. Like, I honestly, one-on-one -on -one with people, generally meet nothing but great people. You get a group together and you just, like, it's just like, douchebag, asshole, cock, you suck, fuck you. And because you see them, there's something about the energy of, of a mob mentality, even in the calmest place. There's something that just doucheifies, and I'm like, wow, how many times have I been in a group and been a total cunt? I don't know, but I'm sure I have. And so it's like, it's a humbling thing to try to separate that and realize, all right, stay away from the group, grab the person, connect, let's, let's get together. See, I get like that too, because I'll see the group and I'll watch the body language. And right with the body language, I know he's a fuck, he's <laughs> fake, he's yeah. lying and trying to get laid or whatever yeah. he's trying to do. 
this guy might be all right. All right, I had enough. Yeah. But one-on-one, you know, I can get along with anybody. Absolutely. I'm the and same exact way. There's, there, I don't care about, like, differences of opinion or anything like that. Like, p- most people want to be pleasant. And if you subscribe to the idea of if you come in contact with an, another person, make them feel like leave them better than you did just like a house like you know put the dishes away you know fold the towel you know make everything better if you can just making somebody laugh is my easy thing because i'm lazy and i don't want to emotionally connect with anybody so i'll tell a joke and if i make someone smile you can get out of just about anything it's like perfect that's i did that with doing security i'm five foot nothing you know, and weird looking, and I got this head that screams punch me. And you're doing security. And I'm doing security. Well, but they don't know that you're Irish and Italian and fucking nuts when you get the, mad. Well, the guys at the bar were like, why are we hiring? My brother and my best friend were the general managers, and they're like, we got him on the door because there were so many fights. I'm like, this is a terrible idea. And the first night they realized it wasn't a terrible idea. Because uh, talking is the best way of getting out of anything, but I will also cave in your face. We'll start with the talk. And then we're just going to go right to the end. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there, we don't, the talking is always friendly. There's no come at me, bro stuff. That's silly. Just no. It's a waste of time. Pleasantries and, and politeness and then punch, face. Where do you think you get that from? Uh, my mom and my dad. Yeah. They were, they're, they're beautiful, wonderful people, but don't fuck with them. My mom was the same way. Yeah. <clears throat> she was this little lady and my grandma, the little four foot nine lady, nice as can be. But when they got mad, there was no talking. There was gravy spoons. Yep. And then the gravy spoons kept breaking, and then it turned to a metal gravy spoon. And then that's when I started listening a little bit. Yep, yep. If you can uh, relate to that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> By the time, that's funny, but so my mom is the Irish side, Irish English, uh, and uh, my dad's the Italian side. And by then, it was in, you weren't beaten, there was no beaten. My dad would give me what he called brain dusters. So if I was being a little <laughs> bastard, he would just. Right. Which now is it actually caused me a uh, if somebody smacks me in the back of the head even as, as a joke I uh, unload fury like I kind of black out, uh, but my mom was all about talking it through, and it was super helpful as a child. I think I got some great balance, but also now I hate conversations, and that's not her fault. It's just that I was like shit. I keep fucking up, and now I have to talk my way out of it. I was like, Mom, can you just grab a belt or a shovel and pummel me, please? <laughs> right, because at, at the point you're like, enough with the lectures. I'd rather take the beating, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to let you know. Shovels? <laughs> just I don't know about a fucking shovel, bro. Just a big big old metal shovel. One hit, smack me against the wall. And then it's over. And then it's over. Give me an ice cream, you know, then I won't tell anybody. <laughs> Our secret. But no, she. I was like, I'd have to talk through it, and I was just very concerned, even at a young age. like, if she knows my methodology, I think everyone's going to figure out that I'm a fucking psycho. I can't have that. I got to blend in in order to continue. I don't want to get like, you know, tested for all that. So I was, I didn't want to talk about the reasons I did the things I did because I was like, you know, if you can't tell your parents because I could mother, because it was easy because the children are stupid, you see, and I manipulate them for my personal gain. <laughs> don't say that. It's bad. 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 Another bad move, right? Yeah, so I had to keep all that in and be like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I was just, uh, got angry and, wait, that's power words. I was scared. Yeah, that'll work. You say that to a parent, then they start feeling for you. Yeah, I was scared. Then it's, then it's an even longer talk. Yeah, but at least then there's like, well, what's scared? It was like, what? nobody likes me. That'll work. That'll work. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does that work for you, Rob? Yeah, that's a good one. Like that. <laughs> Does Millie fall for that one? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we try, we, right? We, every, we are trying our best, and you know, at the end of the day, honesty is the best policy. You know, just try to make it brief. I'll and listen to you. 
Yeah. Huh? It's, it's, I don't like it, but it's unfortunately true because, yeah, man, if I worked myself into some corners, I got, I'm still backing up lies I told for no reason. <laughs> like, I've got stories that are completely untrue, not even as interesting as the true stories in my life. I just decided to lie for no reason. And I have to remember which ones are true. <laughs> and you would have been better off just telling the truth, right? Or saying because nothing. The, the story's better. Well, I, I, I used to do things to, like, stop serious conversations. So I would just say something crazy happened in order to, like, shift into something that wasn't serious and sad. And then I told them so many times that they got on with the group. And then I, now I have to like look back, what parts of my life are real? And what thing did I make up to shut someone up about being sad about some bullshit? And I, I'm pretty, I think I've got it pretty much clear. You think you got it balanced out? I think so. Let's hope. I, I don't think I was in an orgy on Mars. <laughs> well, that's- Maybe. Maybe, if you were, I'd like to know all about that. Ah, well, there was one in Australia, but that's, you know, see, that's my new thing. With the, so the friends that we have, like, you know, all the bridesmaids, eventually I want everyone to like, realize the world's going to end we should all get because i got some very attractive friends you know I'm sure everybody, you do. And it's like it's 2022 i don't care anymore let's all get in a pile just <laughs> everybody get in a pile and i'm working this angle every you know every gathering i'm just kind of throwing out fun hints and everyone's so, having so you're, fun with you're it. putting it into motion as yeah. we speak i feel right. that in five to six years I, there's a good chance we could have a nice pile while we're still in relative prime so maybe by 2027 20, i'm feeling like 2027 would be the, the year 2027 feels like the year i of think it's going to be 26 because you're a metal guy and that number six i'm going to go with that's six. true. Well, see, Although you changed, but twenty-seven, seven is the number of completion, though. Oh shit, that and is numerology. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I definitely want everyone to complete. It's probably going to be twenty-seven. Otherwise, you're you're not you're going to be missing out a few. Yeah, well, and that gives me time in twenty twenty-six to make sure I've got the beach body I want for this thing. Yeah, start working out. <laughs> yeah, you know, you get it. a little tan. Yeah, yep, yep. Make it. Maybe make let it the hair grow out a little bit longer. I'm going to wax everything other than this. Yeah, just everything. I want to be smooth as an egg, like a little cherub, and just. Put on some like that, whatever that gel is that people use for sex. I don't, I don't know. And I just <laughs> get in there and just slip and slide and luge through the bodies. Like that's that's the dream, guys. The wax is the way to go. The laser shit, I did that. And first off, it hurts like hell, nice. especially when they go to your balls. It, it's like a fucking. It's like. Ch -ch -ch -ch. And yeah. guess what? It doesn't really fucking work. It doesn't work. It's like you got to keep going back. So I just it, need it, to get waxed all the time? Just get waxed, you know, and just have them rip it off of you and just think ahead about what's going to happen. As they're peeling all your hair off of you and you want to scream, yeah. just scream, you know, like mm -hmm. you're very good at that. And just think, uh, yeah. once I get through that, think of the, the completion goal. Yeah. You know what? I could. Uh, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, and what much. we could do is I could actually record a song. Yeah. all the screams that I'm like, so it's like... You know, something like that. There you go, and then you mix them in a song and play. And I'll I'll come back. I'll be like, all right, this is gonna be you know for my Mashuga cover, and I'll get all into that. It's gonna be great. So this uh, when people because people still it's so funny. I've made it fairly clear on social media, I think, um, that I am doing this now, and uh, and unfortunately my my dear friend Joey has passed away, which was a Again, so, sorry to hear about that. It, that was a kick in the dick, and I love him so much. But it's like you think that would slow down questions of when. Is Vimic happening? I'm like, well, it's certainly not. Like, hello, he's right? dead. And it, but before that, it, it, always like, hey, good song, man. So what about Vimic? I was like, I appreciate that you love Vimic and I love this stuff, but I'm doing a different thing now, guys. I'm doing a thing that is not that. And you know, metalheads unfortunately don't have. I don't know. I I love my metal fans and they're all beautiful. Every now and then I get grumpy when they ask stuff like that and say, oh, this stuff is pretty good, but I really appreciate your uh, heavier stuff. I was like, well, I'm. Then it's on YouTube. 
and Spotify, all the yeah, platforms. Well. Like and subscribe. <laughs> you got a good radio voice, though. I, if if I ever like you know say something terrible like and, and they don't want me to sing anymore, I'll be like, welcome to W. Fuck off. That's what I was just gonna <laughs> yeah. say. Do, like do like a W ninety six point nine. W ninety six point nine, where the sun always shines. Oh. My albino ass is burning alive. Put me on the fryer. Get me out of that heat, kids. It's gonna be a swelter today. We're gonna put on Tom Petty for six straight hours while I get blown <laughs> by a transvestite. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that that sounds a hundred percent like I mean shit. You yeah. should start throwing overlays for movies. Oh, oh, that's right. They don't fucking put movies in the movie theaters anymore. <laughs> I'm that, hoping that comes back. I'm, me too. You know what the funny thing is? Like, records sold the, the, more than I, I don't remember the exact thing. I don't want to misquote, but like vinyls are selling like crazy now. It's like really if vinyls. Yeah, it had a huge year. I don't know. We could look it up later, but like it's yeah, it, vinyls up? blew up. It's like all right, people are appreciating things. So it goes to say maybe CDs will come back one day maybe not but vinyls are coming back and and movies hopefully come back and hopefully movie previews and theme songs like remember when people wrote songs for the movie it's like if the movie was called the you know uh, revenge of the cat we're like dun, 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 dun. revenge of the cat yeah and you couldn't wait for the soundtrack to come out yep. because half the songs were bangers yeah and it oh. would always be like the banger would always be at the end when they're doing the, the oh, script credits yep. the credits like yep. i'd sit there and, and that's when the killers were yep I uh I got to put so uh, there's a short horror film from my friend uh, Izzy Arias, um, that's coming out. It's super cool. Uh, my wife was in it. I can't talk too much oh, about cool. it, of course. But I got the end credit song. That's and all that matters. It's so dark and so depressing. I I wish it was out now. But I would play it for you, but um, like it's gonna bum everyone out so much. I'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> because there's a kindness in bumming people out. Like it's the same thing I say about like, you know, as long as pornography is not abusing anybody or doing anything that there's a lot of potential sexual predators out there who have everything they need at their computer and, and that's all they gotta and do if you're if you're if that you can't get your jollies off with that and you go out and do something bad then you know fuck you die but like bummer music i think i mean i know for a fact that you know i haven't done self-harm or anything and i don't think i ever would because it would inconvenience others and i have a you know that guilt that beautiful italian catholic like no i don't want to put anybody out they see my brain splatter against the wall they're gonna have to clean that i don't know but too much of a mess sadness it, like when you listen to a sad song how many times do you feel way better afterwards i do all the time it's it's the same reason people listen to aggressive metal songs and i do explain that to people who aren't into metal like like well caitlin you you read I was like, yes, I do read. And you listen to metal. Yes, there's lots of metal people who are intelligent, like most of the ones I know. You see, like, the one, you know, camo short-wearing virgin, you know, waving a stupid, you know, fuck women flag because he can't get laid, and he listens to Pantera, and you think that's what metal is. No, that aggression, that, especially the good stuff, it's like, this is, it's an outlet. It's a, and we all know this, everyone's talked about this same, but I'm really leaning into sadness and despair and hopelessness as a way to make people happy. You know what song I really liked that you did when I was going through everything? Mm. My Fate. Oh, I like that. Yeah. See, now that's one where I would work out to that. And it would, because it would pump me up. Yeah. You know, because it's it's more about, you know, yeah, you lost everything, you took everything, but you didn't take everything. Yeah. I'm back. Yeah. Basically. There was, so it's funny, the a lot of the lyrics on those Vimic songs, I mean, the first one, um, uh, She Sees Everything, is pretty dismal and be- and like you know but the other songs so many of them are about triumph over adversity pull up five because this is uh fate pull up uh tab five rob right five next one right look at that first now right there the those those lyrics are killer oh uh, yes 
I so many songs are like that with and it was funny like Bimic is the heaviest thing you know one of the heavier things I've done and and if you look at most of those lyrics it'll be like it, it's very akin like that was kind of the idea of the record was rising because Joey had come back from uh, transverse myelitis it basically paralyzed him which is why he was out um, and he talked about that a lot and he got better and, and drummed and uh, until you know everything else went to hell but like it was this whole idea of hope like coming out of a tragedy and getting now that I'm doing the acoustic stuff though and the the chill like you know it's still got a big heavy you know rock atmosphere but it's definitely not metal I am singing the most hopeless shit it's great because like the metal music is aggressive and fun it's like all right let's and it's like it should be angry but like, nope we're gonna triumph over everything and the music I'm like playing all the sweet shit and I'm like it's all over <laughs> just give up fuck it it's go, fucked go bury a ditch go yeah. bury a ditch now yeah it's right in their face first into your just turn off the lights put on some typo negative eat a can of chili you know fuck it <laughs> there's got no one to impress anymore and then I always end with the, but I always end with the hope like there's always gotta be a little hope like a plus at the end you gotta give them something like um, and I have this dream of doing a, an entire record of nothing but hopelessness and every time I start getting crafty oh probably crush it would be good, but like I, I always have to give some kind of like I because I don't feel that deeply about that. Same way I don't feel that deeply about a lot of things. I mean, there's a good chance this place is going to explode. We're fleas. We'll go, and then something else will grow out of the uh, the shit pile of our uh, remains. It's no big deal. It's all good. Uh, it's, it's happened forever. Yeah. since the beginning of time. Yeah, let's have some fun and let's try people to be pleasant along the way as we. Take this fucking shit. Big shithole going down, yeah. down, down. As, as, listen, it's like Splash Mountain. This should be the fun ride. We've already fucked it up. <laughs> so let's all hold hands, say hello, and goodbye, and be nice to each other. For the love of God, stop posting your opinions on fucking Facebook. Please. And, but we have to make it to 2027 now. Oh, yes, please. All right, dear Lord. I uh, should probably say that to China because they look like they're moving in right now. Dear China, <laughs> please allow me to have my friend Orgy in 2027. At that point, you can do whatever you want to us. I will have spent myself completely, literally and figuratively, and probably financially for all the toys we need. <laughs> Thank you, China. You are the best, man. Here's the vinyls. Yes, this is the... All right, what's that say, Rob? Scroll down. So it says, how much did vinyl music sales grow in 2021? Hint, a lot. Right. I'm so glad I actually had a real fact for you guys. No, wow. Another year marks another high note struck by final album sales. Final sales in the U.S. increased from 21.5 million units in 2020 to 41.7 million Holy units. Holy Wow, I didn't know that. That's, I think it's a good sign. God. And then in late December, vinyl hit a weekly high, and MRC, blah, 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 2.11 million units sold. God. Everybody wants something for Christmas. Like I bought a, wow. another vinyl player uh, wow. that last year for myself, um, and I'm I'm I go to a store like probably once a month. I'll find some random horrible record that's like really gross, like a live bootleg that's gonna sound like shit, and I buy it. I'm like I'm an indie hipster. I always have been before there was a title. My mustache originally wasn't ironic. Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, you had the Harado, oh, the Harado mustache. It hasn't changed it in fifty years. No, you got to like, you got to point it up. Oh, dude, and it grew like that. It's like it's like I had hipster horse shit in my blood before I knew <laughs> there was a thing. I was in Australia in two thousand eight, so it was two thousand eight before I went through puberty apparently, and I was we were doing a world tour. So we started in Europe, we went all over and ended Asia and then Australia. This was with corn. Mm -hmm. This was the uh, one of the last big ones, and all of a sudden, it came. So at this time, 
this is really when like some of the the hipstery things were really going apparently because i had no i was out of touch didn't know what day it was didn't know what month it was all i did was my job you woke up in your hotel you got a day sheet you knew when to leave you knew where to be and they took you there it's the best life for me i don't need to know i don't i don't have an opinion just take me where i need to do the thing i'm good at which is one thing and i'll do it and then take me back to where i can drink some gin and go to sleep and i come out of like this four month like insane thing with a new mustache that came up like this mm. and i unfortunately i usually wear a, a derby hat like the bowler and i unfortunately uh, broke five ribs in mexico city falling off a ladder 40 feet and then i couldn't get pain medicine so i took... how were you on a ladder well uh, at the end of the shows i used to climb like scaffolding and stuff oh, like that yeah. and like hang upside down flip off the audience and it was one of those metal chain ones mm. and it was the opposite side of the stage where they normally have the good one but this one was just a dummy rig for later so they had it like by a little wire like an anchor so bum, yeah. bum, 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 bum. people say hey you fell off a ladder I was like uh uh I had the ladder with me <laughs> the ladder broke and came with me and all the ladder smashed my guts and I broke five ribs and I couldn't get because they were fused so tightly uh, they took me to an x-ray in uh, Mexico City forgot where I was there was no lights and their morphine dispenser was broken so I could give myself my oh, own morphine I bet you had one hell of a time I was a happy camper it was like <laughs> two hours I'm sitting in the dark just going eh, no one's here happy I bet you had a really good time it was awesome I'm glad I'm not dead <laughs> oh kids don't give yourself morphine <laughs> and public service announcement from Kaylin Chase uh, don't give yourself morphine God cursed me to live forever and I can do anything you cannot uh so the the muscles were so fused in the shitty x-ray, they were like, oh, nothing's broken. I was like, I feel like everything's broken. No, it's not. So I didn't get any pain medicine in Mexico. And the, the next day, they all separated. So I took all these, like, you know, shitty Tylenols, just anything to, like, because I had to play the show the next night and did. And I got, like, massive stomachache and just hurled in my hat. So I was like, shit. So we leave Mexico, go to Australia. I'm like, I need a hat. The sun sucks. So I buy a fedora. I was like, what are these fancy fedoras? These They're back in neat. style again. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And this is when like Jason Mraz or one of those other guys. Yeah. So I get back to Los Angeles in 2008, like summer of 2008, with this fun little mustache and a fedora. And I look around, I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Everyone's in fedoras with mustaches, but they don't seem to do it because it's awesome. I think they're making a statement, some kind of ironic statement. What does this mean? Did they have fanny packs on at that time too? Uh, you know, at this point, my blind ass, I was too distracted by, by the that. You couldn't even, you were done at that yeah. point, right? And, <laughs> you know, if I looked down and saw men wearing capris, I'd have probably, you know, done some horrible thing. <laughs> and I don't want to, you know, you know, there's we don't need another white guy, especially the guy this white, doing more <laughs> violence because apparently we're fucking ruining everything. God, calm down, white guys. <laughs> calm the fuck down, white guys. But I was like, yeah, and it was like, yeah. There's the whole thing. It's, it's they're hipsters, and everything's ironic. I was like, why? What is ironic about a pirate mustache? These guys kicked ass, took names, had syphilis, but I didn't. So I had to get rid of all that. Well, I don't get it. It was a change. Yeah, and I, but I was gone for it. You know, when you miss a sea change like that, it felt like I wasn't on the moon, and I'd come down down to Earth, and it's been 20 years, and I was completely out of touch with everything. Yeah, like I had friends that went away, and they come out. <clears throat> you know, from vacation, and like the iPhone will come out, and the last thing that they knew was like a razor flip phone. Oh yeah, and they I, they would have no idea. Yeah, you know, it was like a whole new fucking world. The technological you know? shift where that the only reason I got a cell phone in two thousand and two was because my band we were doing rehearsals at the music college we were at, and they would show up late, and they said, "Well, we couldn't contact you." I was like, "Fuck you!" So I. <laughs> 
<laughs> got a, uh, I got one of them prepaid minute things where you put minutes in. I was like, Did you get a yeah. track phone? I probably one of those. <laughs> yeah. like, this was 2003. I was didn't know or two. I something. And that was there. So now it's like, you have to call if you're going to be late. And I'll have to decide if it's a good reason. And if it's not a good reason, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> there was corporal punishment uh, back in the early days of my bands. I've moved past that. But, yeah, take me through a day. So when you're on tour with Korn, whatever con- what was your favorite country to perform in, not get laid in? Mm, okay. <laughs> That's... It's kind of important. It's, yeah, no, the, yeah. to differentiate. Yeah, them, I'm sure um, they're different, right? Yeah, I, I mean, touring Europe is always amazing. Um, it's more like like the way the travel works, and also it's all laid out with, like, in Vegas, we got to play the Hard Rock. We had a residency at the Hard Rock in Vegas. We did it three years. That while I was there, they probably still do it. We were there for like, we did three shows, two to three shows, and we were there for like five or six days. That's fun. You get to hang out in the casino. I love gambling. I play poker. Um, so that's like so when we get the days off and you have to actually see the thing, that's special. Um, we always ended the world like the multi-continent tours in New Zealand. Auckland, New Zealand is one of the most gorgeous, wonderful places. Australia itself is always great. Uh, Gold Coast and Perth. I remember you, Perth. You West Coast lonely little guy. We we know you, Perth. We love you. Uh, like and subscribe. Uh, but the most gorgeous thing is. Like the mountains of Central Europe, I think was one of the prettiest things. South America, same. Like, I can't say that there's a favorite, and it's not like I want to make sure everyone's happy, but like, it's there's all... different things about different places yeah. that are attractive. So exactly. it's hard to narrow it down because every place has something really yeah. cool that doesn't. But I, I did hear New Zealand is one fucking beautiful yeah. place. Oh yeah, uh, getting to play pool with uh, two naked women. Wow, that's fucking. New... So what? bordellos are basically legal. I don't know how they do it now. Um, and I didn't, and there was no reason not to. I was single, but um, the idea is you could, one of the things you could pay for, um, and if anyone's, you know, offended by sex work, I'm, these ladies seemed happy, um, and, and it was legal. Uh, you just played pool with, with naked chicks, and it was fun. Uh, but then they would, like, where you're trying to do a shot, they put their butt on the, the corner and shake it, like, to distract you, and I'm just oh, like, hey... I know that you're clean, but like, hey, you're messing my shot up, and now you have to wipe that down. That's dirty. I'm a little bit of a clean freak. Germ a little bit. And the germs, it's like I, I mean, if if that was my my woman friend, or if we decided to like have consensual intercourse, I would be right in there. But it's just like it's on the table. Have you cleaned the table? Trying to hit a shot. I'm trying to yeah. So I'm I'm not good at strip clubs or any of those things. It's just all like I need a seeing eye friend to be in a strip club and be like. Describe it to me. Is she working for college? Does she seem like she enjoys the nudity? Is it exotic or is it sad? Explain everything. Is that a cesarean scar or did she get in a knife fight? <laughs> and if it's a knife fight, you're there. Oh, yeah. And be like, I want to know her story. I want to take me on your journey. So the day in the life of corn, um, it's so funny. I, can, I the best way to describe touring with a busy band is this: I've been to Paris five times, never saw the Eiffel Tower. Uh, you if if you get a day off in a place, if you're doing three shows on, to uh, one day off, three shows on, which we did sometimes. A lot of it was like two on, one day off. But even those, you you sleep. You want to rest. You want to be sure, especially if you're doing vocals and things like that. Like you know, you've got to take care of yourself. And yeah, there's there was plenty of drinking and and um, all the fun stuff that a t- early twenty two year old guy could do. You know, I could do all those things for several years and. But you had, but I had to take care of my voice because I'm a background singer, and 
any future uh, background musicians out there, realize that you are an employee of the band and you have to do a good job. Don't fuck it up. You're not a rock star. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> uh, so you had to do the job. You know, playing two and a half hours sometimes and singing high-ass shit. So when I got a day off, it was rest. It was rest and relaxation, water. And there were su- super fun things, but my favorite thing is the day sheet. That's like I was talking about. Like, I didn't need a will of my own. A sheet came in. You got into the hotel. You got your room. You did the three S's. Uh, shit, shower, and smash off. Um, and then a little sheet of paper came under there, and he said, okay, tomorrow I have to check out it. Oh, no, we have a radio thing. I have to check out at 6 a.m. Fuck! You knew. <laughs> you knew. And all you had to do is keep that with you and not miss bus call. So if you had back-to-back, so say you had, uh, you were going to perform tonight. Yeah. Now you're going to perform again tomorrow. Yep. Right after you're done, do you guys go back to the hotel or do you go out and party all night and just deal with the hell in the morning and, so, and slap yourself back together for the next day? If you're traveling, so if, if, if we were doing, let's say we were doing uh, two shows in Miami and then the next thing was in Tampa. So we'd already check out of the hotel that morning. We'd be at the venue. And then bus call is generally going to be anywhere if it's an early one. You know, if we're, get, if we're done playing at 11 with loadout and things like that, bus call is probably two. So we would, if there was something nearby, you'd go out or you just hang out with the other bands and, you know, fans and do stuff like that. So whatever, whatever the, the bosses say bus call is, that is holy. Do not miss bus call. We, uh, I, oil spotting is something we call uh, leaving somebody behind and it's been done. Never to me. Been close. <laughs> been close. In Dubai, I, near my, I uh, tore my phone off the thing and broke the alarm clock and a night tower of terror of drunkenness and uh, I got a bang on the door like the bus is leaving in Dubai might not be bad to stay there for a little while <clears throat> yeah. it's a wonderful place but um, it's it was expensive no. and yeah. I, I, I you can't do drugs in Dubai oh they're real strict you go to jail for like four years that they find a little weed on your shoe really? this was in 2000 so, in, so they, they launder money like crazy but you can't smoke weed uh, this was back in 2008. I don't know what's happened since then. I ah. haven't followed. I'm, I'm not on Dubai's Facebook, but um, <laughs> it was they were very strict about their their drug policy uh, as an Arab state, and uh, there was only specific places you could drink. And during prayer, really, you can only drink at certain places. Certain places, yeah. I mean, Dubai. I think for the most part, you could drink anywhere, but like during prayer or hours, there was always an hour. I remember one guy going, like, "This is bull." I was like, "I'm going to shut you up right now." For starters, we're in their house. Mm-hmm. They're giving us an hour. And there's literally a billion places to drink, including the world's tallest building, where if you get a shot there, you get drunk way quicker. Like, shut the fuck up yeah, and respect. Yeah, just a pie, right? Yeah. A culture as old as this deserves a little respect. And nobody here wants to bomb America or anything else, so fuck you. <laughs> We're cool with it. Be nice yeah. to the people that are hosting us, for lo- because they can arrest us. <laughs> and then you'll be stuck. And then we'll be stuck there. So, yeah, I nearly missed one, but I fell down these marble steps with my bag and rolled down, like, 12 marble steps. And like, bounced up. It's like, break anything? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Cracked something, but, uh, you know, that was pretty... I was still pretty drunk from the previous evening. Wow. Yeah. So, well, when you're on, like, corn, for example, when you guys go to pick singles, does... The record company say, look, this is going to be the single, or does you guys as a band pick the singles or submit them to them, and then they say yes or no, or how does that work? So um, with Korn, uh, I was, as a background guy, I had no say. Um, I, I wasn't on any, the only record I was on was the live record. So I was a hired gun to play the songs that they did and created, so I didn't have any feedback, but I was You're present there. for a lot of yeah. that stuff. Um, there's a lot of different things that happen with creating a record. Um you uh, generally what'll happen like 
sometimes you want to record as many songs as you can if you have time. Like pre-production is what we call it. 30, 20, 30 tracks. And you send them to the label and you get their feedback. And they're like, oh, I like these, 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 these. Other times, you have a vision for your record. You get into the studio and you just do your thing. Now, Corn is a legacy act. They can work with other writers if they want to. They can work with themselves. They can do what they they like. And this last record, I've listened to it. It's amazing. And uh, I was talking to John about it, and he's like, we text every now and then and talk. And he's like, man, this is I haven't been proud of something is so hard. Like he put all of this kind of energy into it. So it, it's always going to depend on what you're looking to do. Like a, a band that's getting developed uh, with a label, if they have that relationship, you kind of tr you have to trust the person you're working with. There's a lot of anti-label people around. I am fine with doing it myself. I'm fine with working with a label. It all depends on the opportunity and what's happening. But um, I could get, let's say I got uh, in with somebody and they're like, okay, we're going to work on this record. We're going to put you with a couple songwriters. We're going to put you with a couple producers. We're going to make some things. And you start building what will become your record. You might record 20 songs and 10 of them get picked. And it depends on how much control you have. So it, so it's kind of based on popularity. So corn, like you know, they were you guys were at the top, yeah. right? Okay, so they could they pretty much at that point they can send to the record company, hey, which ones do you like? But ultimately, they, they make the decision. Generally, I think they have. They, I mean, corn should have the final say, and I, I don't get into the nitty gritty with them, but it's like you guys should be able to put out whatever the hell you want. You have a fan base, and in the negotiations with who you're working with, let's say I'm if I'm working with somebody, I would be like, okay. I want your feedback. Um, I would give away like what single they like. I would say you can put out whatever singles in whatever order you want, but you're, they're going to be the songs that I want on my record. And if that's a deal breaker, I'm probably going to tell them to kindly blow. Yeah. Because um, I want to make sure I'm making the music I want to make. And I work with people that foster that. And that doesn't mean that I have an idea that just completely gets com knocked out of the world. They're like, yeah. oh, no, this isn't this. And I was like, okay. The rule that I've had with bands and any kind of creative thing is if you're in the room, I don't care who you are, if you have an idea, we should try it because you never know what idea is going to work. So if That's I how have you a, got so far with that open mind. Yeah. You've got an open mind. Absolutely. You know, if you're closed-minded, how can you progress? Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm no auteur. I can't, I can't do it all myself. I can't, I can't work all the buttons. I, I, I know that I want a certain reverb and a pan, and I want this amount of, and I can tell you to knock some frequencies off, but you got to turn the fucking buttons. I'm blind. I'll turn the wrong button. Um, so I, it's, a, it's a team effort. So if the engineer says, hey, man, what about this? Let's give it a whirl. And I would say at least 50% of the time, the, the change, whether small or big, is better than what I had in my head. And that's the cool thing. It's, I, it's okay to give up some of that ownership. It's the song is what's important. It doesn't matter who wrote the song. My brother wrote changed one line in a song of mine. I gave him a big chunk of the writing credit because it was so important. And normally that one we line probably changed the whole thing, right? Oh, and then he laughed. He's like, "Ha ha, gotcha." Yeah, I was like, "Fuck, I have to give you credit on you this." Motherfucker! I thought this was a mine, all mine. <laughs> and I could, and it's just one one fucking word. Uh, it was on "Let Them Come." He was the one who put the word soliloquy. And not only was it phonetically perfect, it's a fun word. People have to look it up. And I was like, that's too good. I was just going to ask you, what the fuck does that mean? Uh, so let's see. What is do you know, uh, Rob, do you know what that I've means? I've heard the word. What's it mean? You've got five seconds. Soliloquy. Uh, 
the way notes come together. I don't. Okay, know. I'm gonna say uh, soliloquy. I'm gonna. Say, I can't even say the fucking word. I'm gonna say uh, this episode is brought to you by Fiji. More than just water. This is not just rock. It's ancient volcanic rock that filters tropical rain, giving it double the electrolytes and its signature soft, smooth taste. It's not just water. It's Fiji water. Again, that's FijiWater.com slash MSCS, $5 off and free shipping in sequel. So who's uh, closer? Change for, uh, you guys are both miles away. Yeah. Um, Figures. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so the lyric is change for change. Uh, I wish I could believe that change is all we need, but change for change's sake is nothing but soliloquy. Soliloquy is a bunch of nonsense that means nothing is the worst yeah. definition I could give you, but it's the basics. Like, that's what I'm inferring. When I say, so it's like a bunch of bullshit that means nothing. Yeah. Let yeah. it go. Diatribe. Like, half the things I've said on this podcast, um, <laughs> just just minutia, just, uh, just horse shit, and, and that's fine. But yeah, the idea that, that you know, we're just, tr- if we're just, it's, it's like when, um, the reason I love my producer, Phil English, hello, Phil, uh, is because he's like, as a producer, I'm supposed to fuck with your track now. I'm supposed to say something, but I have nothing to say, so I'm not going to. What, is he British? Yeah. His last name is English, and he's fucking British. Um, I, I like the accent. Yeah. I like the fucking accent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, gl- they're, it's they're cool. To, I'm not, like, saying, like, them, but, like, they're cool to talk to, because I like that, because that, they brought, I saw Pierce Morgan came back, mm. and he's got that accent. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a little odd, but I just, I like that British it's accent. A, oh, I, I am addicted to British television, or as I say, and I've read so much, um, like one of the first books I read seriously at like eight or nine was uh, Canterbury Tales by Geoffrey Chaucer, like English, the Eng- like the Queen's English. So I and I saw American Werewolf in Paris or American Werewolf in London. That's the one sequel, like the old movie. And the English lady talks about the telly, and I was like, "What's a telly? <laughs> Television?" And I've been saying telly like casually. It's like, yeah, just put, put on the telly. And like, really, what are what are you fucking doing? I'm, I'm culturally appropriating the British. I, you know what? We won. So I can. I've got a plenty of British friends. I'm like, I'm just going to rip your culture off and I'm going to do it terribly. How's the pussy <laughs> over there? Pretty nice. One to ten. Compared to the other countries. You know, it, it's varied because it's where you go and how you do it. I think it's a lot of it is, is you and the style points that you exert and how you carry yourself. You generate what partner you're going to get for the evening. I just think it would be cool to be like, Hello, Kaylin. Please do a job on me. I'd <laughs> be pretty cool, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I'm sure you've had it, actually. Um, <laughs> what uh, am there, I talking about? An accent is is incredible. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I don't remember what the um, the term is for somebody who kind of adopts accents. So my mom's family, who I lived with, uh, we were very close to from Oklahoma, the Irish side. My dad's family was very close to, or like lived in Little Italy in, in Los Angeles back in the day. And I traveled so much, so I adopt all these random inflections. Sometimes I get a little southern, like it'll just happen, just a little bit. You know, I'll get a I little just bit, it right yeah, there. right there. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes if I'm talking about something that really pisses me off, I'll get a little bit like my grandpa used to be, like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> he had a he had a, a saying. He said, "It's a beautiful day, just wait for some bastard to louse it up." <laughs> so then I adopt a little bit of that Italian American thing. And if I hang out with too many Brits for too long, I'll just be like, it's a little nice, yes. <laughs> That's what they always say. It's a little nice, yes. It's just a little nice. It's a bit they shit, really right? Do. They always say yeah. that. It's, it's a bit shit. Like, yeah. They don't say like shit like we say yeah. shit. Yeah. We're like shit. Oh, We're yeah. like shit. shit. 
Oh yeah. Well, so the best thing is if they're they're um, they'll, they'll just ask a question and diss you. Say, that's that's a bit shit, right? <laughs> or they'll be like, that's a bit of a fuck up, right? Yeah, you fucked that one up right now. Oh, like, bit of a cock up, eh? And it's like they'll just all the ways they say and and their use of and excuse me, everybody who gets offended by this, cunt, is so great. Like calling in America, like if I were to stare at a woman and call her a cunt, that's. <laughs> A misogynistic, terrible thing to do. It's it's offensive. It's pointless. There's way cooler words to do. Now, if I look at a dude or something, and he's like, "What a fucking cunt," or if you say it chill, it's like, "You wacky cunt." Like that's how the English do it, and I love it. I'm trying to bring it back. I want to take it away from the misogynistic, <laughs> hate-filled men who can't get laid, and and just let's take it back. It's a fun word to say, guys. Cunt. But they act like it's so bad now. Uh, so the Brits don't. They don't give a shit. But because of I what, like them even more. Yeah, because of what, unfortunately, you know those guys who don't listen who were trying yeah, to help. Yeah, that we were talking yeah. about earlier. You fucking cunt! You don't like me? You're probably a lesbian and a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> They've ruined it for the uh, and and women are rightfully offended by that. Yeah. It's like so, what I'm saying to all the ladies out there is, when I say cunt, I'm never calling you a cunt. Somebody is a cunt. Things are cunty. Things can be cunted and punted, but, <laughs> but not you. So if you hear me say it. I'm it's not ally. directed toward you. No, I'm an ally. Always have been, always will be. And, and, you know, fuck those ignorant bastards who said that to you, and I hate them. That's right. You tell them. Yeah, well, I want them to get in the pile. I know, I know. I know what you're doing. You're trying to build up 2027. Yeah. I know. I'm not stupid. Hey, I'm not as stupid you, you as guys, I look. You guys get invited to it, all right? <laughs> we'll figure out how, how it's all <laughs> So now, you were born in California, right? Southern California. And then you moved to Washington State? Yep. What the hell do you do in Washington State? You wanted to be a lumberjack. <laughs> what the fuck is a lumberjack? I don't even know what a lumberjack oh, is. Cut down trees. Paul Bunyan, baby. Paul Bunyan, you know. So ironically, um, I joke about that. And you were going that. hard at, at this lumberjack thing. Oh, right? yeah. Well, I, it's it, because of North, Northeast Washington, there's nothing there. And I <laughs> literally did go out into the woods like every winter with, with our church and cut down trees. Saw the wood, get it loaded up, and we'd give it to you know older people in our community in our town and everybody you know we needed firewood in northeast washington we were like 30 minutes south of canada or an hour south of canada you know right in the armpit of northeast washington this is not seattle seattle's in the west yeah seattle's cool water. right yeah. you're all right in seattle oh yeah washington state uh. i was an hour and a half away from the big city of spokane which is a small big city but like bands will tour there um so every weekend we imagine driving an hour and a half just to go to a a, a mall a, a circuit city <laughs> oh Oh, thank you. So yeah. you were, that's like the boonies. Oh, we were, I, I had 27 acres. I was blessed to have 27 acres my family got. We lived in LA. This was during the riots, the earthquakes, like, and a lot of people did go up north to the Pacific Northwest because, like, we were pretty sure the, the fucking state was going to fall into the ocean. I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. My family wanted a better, a better situation, and it was. It was really cool because... I love I love LA. I love Southern California. It's beautiful. I love the food. I love, love my family. Still, a lot of my family's out there. But uh, getting to be ingrained, especially as somebody who, you know, physically short and visually impaired, like I got to to get tough. I got to like work hard and get tough. Like, you know, m moving giant pieces of wood and digging out rocks and splitting things and burying Saint Bernards and you know. And you really wanted to be a lumberjack guy, right? Mm, I didn't want to do it as a living, but like if you if you had a bunch of firewood at your house and paid me like fifteen bucks an hour and gave me a case of beer to chop it all for you, I would do it right now, no problem, wow, even cool. in the heat. Good I to know. love 
I love labor that has a beginning and an end. You got any wood you need chopped over there, Rob? No, I was <laughs> and we could also use that as a euphemism for some fun sexual stuff. You know? <laughs> um, I just loved, I loved that concept. And also it was like, we chop wood, it keeps our house warm, we give it to other people, it keeps their house warm. It's, it's perfect. There's no drama. I think that's why I loved it. And also, it's great exercise. Great exercise, yeah. yeah. Did you ever <clears throat> spar pole climb? What's up? Did you ever spar pole climb where you took the, take those boots and you climb up like the trees? You know how they go up with the belt? I was up, not up. allowed to do that because I have no depth perception and I'm prone to uh, lots of accidents. Uh, um, I, I'm, I'm a pack mule, so I, I have the ability of lifting incredibly heavy things uh, compared to my body weight and moving them for you. That's why everybody asks me to help them move. But I have no depth perception, so if it's something fragile or there's a wall, I will smash into that. <laughs> well, you got the Italian and Irish in you, so little guys, you kind of get that angry and you have to yeah. complete the job. Oh, yeah. We, we, uh, working hard. My dad, I got drunk when I was, I think, 16 for the first time. First time I ever, I was in the church, so we were, behaved ourselves. Decided to get freaking hammered one <laughs> in night. In the church? I lived in the church, you know, like yeah. did the whole thing, and I was like, don't get drunk. I was like, well, I'm going to get drunk once. So I'll see what it's like. And it was like kid drunk. We were going to go to a, a lake and everybody's going to have like some Henry Weinhardt's and some Smirnoff and some Zimas and all these other things. Everybody's going to have a couple of drinks. Everyone canceled. So me and my buddy had all this booze because he was 21. So we had it all. And so we drank it all. So I hurl all over the place and I'm hungover as all shit. Uh, my buddy's parents called my father who wakes me up at six in the morning, drove into town 15 minutes to drive into our little town of Colville, Washington. He's like, all right, we're going to work. I was like, oh, what, what? <laughs> to cut down trees. Oh, no, we poured concrete. Oh, fuck, built- you poured concrete that yeah. day. <laughs> and I didn't say a word, and I, and I did the job, and about six hours into it, I'm just green. <laughs> and my dad is in a former partier and uh, knows exactly what he's like. He's like, you hung chow, buddy? I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Drank too much, didn't you? I was like, yeah. I don't, and he looked at me, he's like, son, you worked hard today, and you didn't complain. I don't care if you want to have some drinks. If you're doing it safe with your friends and you're not driving around, you can do whatever you want like that. But if you ever don't show up to work, I will find you. <laughs> and that was the kind of, like, we were raised to work hard, do the job, do not call in sick. I, that was the same way. Yeah. It's like, I don't care if you want to party. Like, I don't care if, if, if I, whatever you want to do with your life is good if you can do it functionally. But if you puss out of work because you can't, because you had too many Cosmos, fuck off. <laughs> Go to work. If you're if you have a job, do the fucking job and do it well and appreciate the fact that you have that job and put some fucking effort into it. Especially now, right? I mean it's weird. I mean, people got so used to working at home in the pandemic, like and it's a whole thing, like going back to work and I empathize, I understand. Like being in your own little bubble for that long. The world is a scary, it. ugly place, yeah. and now it's like, wow, I can stay at home and work at home. Unfortunately, we gotta gotta keep encouraging, like guys, we need to meet, we need to be careful, we need to be healthy and safe. But you cannot stay at home because you're all going to become annoying. Kaylin, I can't tell you how many places I went to, and these like usually you could like say a, a, a tire change. Ah, oh, we don't have anybody. We only have one guy. I can do it in a month. A month. You know, you go to place after place. I mean, yeah. it's that bad because yeah. they got those fucking checks while they were sitting at home. Yep. They didn't burn up yet all the way, I guess. Or they found a job to sit at home and click. There's a lot of ways. I mean, that that's... And it's cool that that you can work. I mean, I love the idea of, like, I work from home. I teach my lessons from home because I moved to Nashville. So I teach students from L.A. or 
other place. I've I've taught people in a random country. You know, uh, it's fine, but we got to keep this engine rolling, and got to. and uh, it will pass because consequences will occur, and people will realize that we have to do the work. But I think everyone's playing a little game of chicken, like. I don't need to go back to work. They'll go back to work. I just I, I I can stay home and do this awesome job that I'm doing. Someone will go back, and it's gonna take. It's gonna get worse before it gets better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it has to. I think, like you said, people are gonna have to see the consequences and feel the consequences. Not just you know gas going off because you can duck and dodge that. Yeah. But you know real consequences, and then then I think you know people. All right, better get my ass up. Yeah. Know? I mean, and and I have to be so careful because. There's a lot of sensitive people in the world, and I understand yeah. there's a reason for that. But also, there's a lot of assholes who are just the other side of bullying. I know that I am a dirtbag, <laughs> dirtbag musician who gets to do whatever the fuck I want. I worked really hard for that. So, like, I'm not going to go fill, change your tire. I, a, I don't know how. But, like, asking people who have an opportunity to not do these manual, br- brutal work that they don't want to do and they haven't had to... I get it. So what are we going to do? We got to figure it out. And it's going to be nature and nurture is going to come together in a fucking chaotic thing. And uh, people are going to go to war for water. And then I will rise up as the emperor and I will crucify people along the sides of buildings and people will worship my... What happened? I'm sorry I tuned out. I do think something similar like that's going to happen. Yeah. I, I, because it's happened from the beginning of time like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Right now, you got this whole shit storm going on. It's going to get worse, worse, worse. And then just like everything else, you pop back out of it. I but mean, along the way, <laughs> a lot gonna, of people are going to get fucked. Yeah. I just really, and, and it comes down to, in my humble, un... Bias? Un, it did, I'm not, I guess, I guess not I, I got, yeah, I'm not humble at all. Fuck, <laughs> I'm fucking amazing. But I don't know what I'm talking about other than the idea that I believe that reason, discernment, logic, and then mixed with compassion... And that literally means somebody who you absolutely disagree with in every way, fundamentally to the point where you want to scream at them. And it, it's it's the people who don't have the, the couth or manners to speak to you kindly, the people who use questions as a debate. Yeah. Um, the people who are like, if you have any idea, well, what about this and this? I'm like, that's not how. You just have to take a breath and say, hey, we're all in this together. If you want to ever have a real conversation with me where we actually... You can say what you say, not asking questions, but saying what we think and feel. Cool. I don't want to do that with anybody, but I, if I had to, I will, and I'll do it politely. We gotta be nice to each other, guys. Guys and girls, subscribe to Kaylin Chase. Be fucking nice to each other because it's really annoying. My grandma's on Facebook and she's very sad because of all this horrible shit you're saying. Better subscribe and stop being a troll. Stop being a troll on Facebook. Trolls are lame, and you will not get laid. Incels are a choice. I always say that the trolls are the ones with the Budweiser, the nut huggers on with the blue and yellow stripes, <laughs> sitting on the couch with a big fat hairy belly, and they're on there like this, cracking another one, still yeah. in the same nut huggers from three days ago. Mm-hmm. Now, now is it Pringles or Lay's potato chips? We thought about this. Uh, the ones who have Lay's. no self-respect are probably the Cheetos or Doritos because they don't care about the orange. Right, <laughs> and they, they don't care if they get the orange on their hands yeah. and then fuck up the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, That's probably the worst, but I'm thinking they're probably eating Lay's because yeah, easy to greasy. eat with the beer, right? Yeah, and the nice grease, you know, it, you know, that way they don't have to buy the uh, the, the lube for whacking off. They just eat a bag yeah, of yeah. chips and smash yeah. it. So they can go like this. pathetic little pick, wiener. They can pick out the Lay's like this yeah. and then troll like this. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. Oh, there's my bud. Oh, my nut huggers. I got shit stains. I better go change them. I got to troll because, you know, who do I yeah. want to hit now? And 
Now, unfortunately, and this is the sad part because I'm right there with you. I used to call metal fans, like I said, camo short-wearing virgins, the ones who sucked. And that, unfortunately, when I did that, alienated all the tons of sensible people who <laughs> yeah. like this stuff. You get angry, and you you and when and a lot of left-leaning ideas uh, we use. Well, we're educated. And then the center of America, which is full of educated people, are like, well, fuck, you're insulting me. And then the extremists on both sides, because I've seen both two sides. hairy truckers in Mississippi speak, the, I have the most beautiful, like, I don't, I could, I, they could have been arch Democrats, full blown uh, Republicans, wouldn't know. Libertarians had no idea because they were exchanging ideas and concern about the state of things. This was, uh, I think, 2018. I was on tour. I was just having breakfast and I was just listening to this amazing conversation with guys that people like me would easily be like, gross, you fuck your sister and, and you're, you're, you're clearly into all these things I don't agree with. Just getting to listen to that was so inspiring and it made me realize that there are so many people who might share different, certain different political ideals and social and, and religious and all this other stuff that most people could have a sensible conversation. The problem is people who've been bullied, I mean, from the 90s, like everyone who loved George W. Bush was an ignorant piece of shit. And everyone on the left on the coastal cities made them feel like that. And before that, you were a commie and a weak-ass pussy, you know, if you were the leftist. And now we got bullies on both sides, people who were bullied. And now they're going to take all that aggression out on everybody else. And so if you have any care, which is why I don't care, if you have any leaning, any opinion, you got to choose a side now instead of just walking over to that picket fence and being like, hi, it seems like we're over here kind of close to the middle. And I feel like we have the same agenda. We want hmm. the best for our children and people around us. It seems like everyone back here is throwing uh, grenades at each other for no reason on fucking Facebook. It's like... See, and, and I think that's, I, I think although this is really bad what's going on, it's bringing that left and right bullshit. It's starting to like, fuck the left and right shit. A Democrat and a Republican that used to never be able to talk can talk because it's that bad. And you can talk, who cares if you're blue or red? Who gives a shit? It's, it's you over. just want whatever's the, for the best, I right? Think, yeah, I think we both agree. Everybody agrees. And I'm not a political person, but I, like, when I hear the line, the two-party system is broken, it's been that I, way for a long I, time. I hope it's fucking destroys and bombed and it's just you go out, you run, he runs, I run, you're not red, purple, blue. It's just these are the people fucking vote. Let's just help each other. Let's just be kind to each I don't other. Get it, but you know yeah. that would never happen. Yeah, well, you know, you never know. I mean, you never things. Know. I, mean, I have an open. Did mind. you think we were going to be living at home, like, like wiping down our groceries? No, <laughs> no. no. I mean, the, the world is a miraculous, scary, wonderful place. And I think if we all just let go of that bullshit, stop posting so much, guys. Get now. Do follow me though. Post on my stuff. <laughs> but uh, and uh, watch me on Spotify, not yeah. YouTube. No, yes, yes, Spotify, please. Spotify, and also. Uh, uh, do this podcast because I'm on it. Yeah, do this too. <laughs> but other than that, calm down. Stop posting opinions. Show pictures of kitties. Take give the, give me all the cute little animals. Everyone start doing animal pictures and pictures of your lunch. I used to bitch about that, and nowadays, after everything I've seen, I'm like, let's get back to that. <laughs> yeah, right. Give me your lunch. Show me the taco <laughs> and your cat. I don't care about your kid, but you know, if somebody does, cool. We'll put a different site for that because <laughs> I don't give a fuck about your kid. I just love when he can argue over sports teams. Like, your oh team sucks. God. You guys suck. You guys. There's not even that. I'm a Bears fan. It's like nobody even wants to talk about how shitty the Bears are. It's like I, I feel empty inside. Yeah, See, I, I think that's why I hope Elon goes through with the buy because he's not buying it to fuck with people. He's buying it because he knows there needs to be like 
if you hate me and I hate you, just as a human, I need to be able to say, Kaylin, fuck you. And you say, Tommy, fuck you. And then we go out of a beer and it's over with. Wouldn't it be nice? And that's that's a human inter- that's human interaction. When yeah. you're, you know, shadow banning you, so you can't have a conversation with me, what is a human then? Yeah. And and that's I think that's a hundred percent the only reason why he's buying Twitter is to bring back that human dialogue. And you can have an argument and you yeah. could say fuck you. And in the one interview, he said, you know, I hope somebody comes on and says fuck you to me. Yeah. And he, and he said, I'm gonna say fuck you back to him. Yeah. And that's what humans do. And then you can resolve it. And then what? who the hell knows? Maybe Elon Musk and Kalen both fucking fuck you, fuck you. And then you build something crazy. I would very much like to get some of that Elon Musk friendship. Because I know he, he has some weird through. stuff that I don't know about. Like he's I want that flamethrower. Oh, yeah. And you know he's got some kind of, yeah, he, he's not, he's not going to die. So I want that. He's got that uh, Neuralink already yeah. done. I uh I really have an idea that I think would sell and Elon Musk this is for you <laughs> for free but I do want some stuff later like make make Twitter if you want to be on Twitter you should pay I think you should pay some money now Elon put this money toward education feeding America maybe fixing some stuff you know don't don't keep it use it for charity but as a subscriber they take we have like this twitter con at the end of the year so the people who hate each other the most get to sit across from each other this distance and share a meal and a beverage and they have to talk for two hours and you win and i bet you 10 bucks that 80 percent of the people would be way less rude Mm -hmm. think about that wouldn't that be fun and then you televise it and you just go from place to place like how awkward that would be and then he could throw all those ads in there and get so, his twenty six billion back. That he's going to beat their brains out when they try. Yeah. Now, now, Kalen, can I ask you a question? Sure. Because you're in you're in this big industry. Who in the fuck? Who in the fucking right mind is going to try to play Elon Musk with robots? Like they tried to sell him Twitter at forty six billion. Mm-hmm. Well, he probably already knew, but when he went through it, forty percent of the followers and and the amount of active users is all bots. Yeah. Like, are you crazy to fuck with him? Like, like he's like the smartest guy on the fucking planet, and you're gonna try to to scam him out of twenty billion? It's the funny thing about you that know what is, I mean, Rob? Can you believe that that they actually tried to fuck with him? That well, the hubris. <laughs> remember, everybody has no one's been around each other for so many years. The guy's sending years. a rocket up and down and yeah. it lands. Uh, but <laughs> think about think about humanity right now, and and what we think we can do. Yeah. Um, it, it's the same reason that we're amazing because we do incredible things, auspicious, wonderful things. But we're also so f- fucking up our own asses that we think we can con a guy who literally builds robots with bots. Mm-hmm. And in my industry, you know how many emails and, and talks I get with people say, hey man, I can get you up to 40,000 likes a day on the socials. I'm like, <laughs> I know what fucking bots are, Dip. I, yeah. I know what they are. Like yeah, I really don't want my fucking account banned in a yeah. month after you yeah. know they catch on. There's a whole algorithm that they all have instilled. So like, I got friends who are like, "Hey man, look at all our, our likes." I'm like, "Yes, I know. You paid somebody. Yeah, do I'll you check, think do I you check th- your account in three months? Yeah. Do you think that that they got all these human beings to type that they like you and comment? Like, no, it's bots. And you're gonna do that to Elon Musk. <laughs> I mean. Wait, they should have done something corporate, like, you know, send a spy in with, like, a little... And do something, like, you know, do something, like, cool. Elon Musk knows both. Like, he knows bots. I think he might be a bot. I think he might be, too. And, or, or not from here. Or an alien, yeah. One of the two. Uh, and, and I got no... 
I think Elon Musk is pretty funny. I think he's great. I love his sense of humor. Yeah. He's so like, serious, but he's like a little kid. There is a chance. There is a chance that he is an evil bastard. I don't see anything that he's done yet, but it's like when you're that smart and that crazy, I'm holding out. I'm ready to like go either way. I'm just like, I want to be friends with Elon Musk. I want to believe that everything's going to be amazing. And I am prepared to go to war against him when the regime begins. Like when Elon Musk has this weird, like whatever Musk swastika is. And like, All right. Hello, humans. Now you are enslaved to the Elon bot. And I want to do the resistance then. I'm ready. You know, you know, he's doing some evil shit with some of that stuff he's got. You know, he's playing around. Everybody who everybody does who has power is going to abuse it. That absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Thing. You give me power, guys. I'm going to do something terrible. But then again, if he is an alien, maybe not. Maybe not. Then that would be the exception. You're right. Elon Musk. Are you an alien? Call in to WKRP with Kalen Chase. Confess your alien read. They really had like a, a real conversation about that on Joe Rogan because he was he's been on Rogan a few times, mm -hmm. and they really were like he's either an alien or he's just really really fucking 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 high IQ. Uh, the the inability to uh, to relate to other people it's it's such a funny thing um, when you like I've I love relating to people. But it's not like a, like, you know how people are comfortable in their own skin or like, you know, having a chit chat. Italians are great at that. I had to learn this um, as a kid, like going to school and doing things like I had to like do the algorithms in my head. My my instinct is to no I would just rather not do any of that. So all this banter has been learned behavior and I love it. And I feel it; I, it's genuine. But it is a learned behavior, not a natural behavior. And those, na and that's why I'm so charmless and fucking terrible because it's clearly an act, guys. And you know that. You but you actually are charming. You're okay. actually a charming guy. Oh, really? Yeah, because like when you, when you go tell somebody to fuck off, you have like a nice smile with it. Yeah, he says it nice. So it's like, fuck you. And I know, like you know, if you were in a situation, you still have that same smile, but yeah. you know, be thinking differently. Yeah. But it's like an right. He says, "Fuck you," really nice. I, I try. I want to be pleasant. I think pleasantness is such an overrated thing nowadays, and it goes such a far. You really do. You are the nicest fuck you guy I've ever met. Yeah, my, I you learned say that, that too. Yeah, I can agree with that. At my grandfather's funeral, my Italian grandfather's funeral, one of his old friends said, uh, "Jack was the kind of man that could call you a son of a bitch, and you'd shake his hand afterwards." And I was like, "I need that in my." You life. have that. That's how you yeah. are. Thanks, you could be like fuck you, and I'd be like. Fuck you too. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it nice though? It's like, just to be like, hey, just, hi, what you're doing right now? You're, you're being a fucking asshole, buddy. Just having fun. Yeah. You know? Having, you didn't, but now everybody takes it all serious. Oh my God, you called me an asshole. You called me a fuck. This, yeah. that. Come on. It's just words. It's it's so amazing if you, it, the strength, I, uh, the Monty Python rule of five is, is something, uh, it's comedy rule. Um, so in, you know, Holy Grail, right? Have you seen, yeah. You know when they cut the arms off? Yeah. So, what people don't realize, when that came out, it's like 20 plus years after World War II. London has been bombed. People are hiding in subways. You know, like violence was not funny. So there, so somebody was at a screening. I could be fucking this story up, but the idea is there. So they, the Black Knight's there, and the first time an arm comes off, it's dead silence. Holy shit. Like, there's shock. Like, the spurting blood. It's like, what the fuck? Second time still like now it's like some rumbling the third time now we're now we're chuckling because they leaned into the joke people realize this is parody he's hopping now and by the time that everything's happening and he takes him down to the little stump the theater is rolling and i think you have to lean into a lot of things especially if you believe in them like it's easy to like apologize and i i'm not i'm i know i'm very white 
very straight, uh, straight-ish. We'll see. You know, the pile's the pile. Whatever happens in the pile. But, uh, and I like wearing dresses. I don't give a shit. Um, apologizing for every little thing is not going to get us anywhere. But understand who you're talking to and know that in that audience there's going to be people who have certain feelings, certain traumas, certain things that affect them. Like, I don't like uh, people who eat bananas in front of me. But I understand that somebody's going to need to eat a banana every now and then. It's a two-way street. Let's try to understand. Like, if I knew you hated the sound of people eating bananas and I had an option, I would not eat a banana in front of you. Because you want to be pleasant and bring people back together. Yes, I just want everyone to be nice to each other because we could and have an even bigger pile. And then when, when everything's cool, then you eat the banana in front of me and say, fuck you. Yeah, it's like, all right, now that we're all good, and when you calm down now, you're with your little phobia. And you're cracking you're some ACM. So you, don't, so you don't like bananas? People I do bananas. not. So I, I, I don't mind. It's the noise. <laughs> Of a whole banana, and there's nothing about the phallic shape. Yeah, that, what you're doing there? Yeah, that, all that? I it's, bet that drives you nuts, doesn't it? Yeah, but in a good way, because it's funny. This it's is for a bit. Yeah, but if it wasn't a bit, but that would drive... If, like, if, if you're if, sitting with somebody and they're going... You yeah. know those people that chomp when they yeah. fucking chew? And I'm not going to say anything, because if they're unaware of it, right. it's not their fault. You don't want to hurt the film. Now, granted, could I maybe help somebody, you know... And like, let's say, hi, we're about to go into a meeting, a lunch meeting, and I just need to let you know that you do tend to chew loudly, and if this person doesn't like that, for the sake of our business, just don't fucking don't eat. fucking do it. Just <laughs> keep your fucking <laughs> mouth shut. I don't want to do that because I hate awkwardness. But if you have to, there's also that. It's like there's this balance of like, how do you? And I'm learning it because I don't want to talk about anything serious ever. But if I have to, it's you got to do it, and you got to just be cool, and be willing to offend, and then. Also be willing to apologize if you're out of line. Right, to sometimes, circle back around. Yeah, sometimes I'm fucking wrong. Rarely. <laughs> I love getting in there. I, this is my favorite thing to do, is to get you close sound, to the mic. You do it. It sounds exactly like the fucking radio. Pleasing baritone. That sounds like the guy when we used to put on the TV and we used to see trailers. I haven't seen a trailer like for a movie on TV and Jack Levine, I think, or the Trevine. I can't remember his name, but um, Pablo Francisco ruined it for everybody because he's a comedian and you don't want to steal jokes. But he had the best impression. I used to do it uh, as a kid, and I didn't know that you, I was literally robbing Pablo Francisco's. In a world, one man, one warrior, one decision. Anal beats and cooking oil, starring Robert Downey Jr. Rated R. I'm stealing that idea from pablo francisco he did it first that's so. the guy i'm thinking of yeah and he, he was so funny sorry pablo i'm sure you're fine um i'm just having some <laughs> I'm sure fun. he's doing all right yeah if you, if you don't mind I, if i can do it too it would be all right and maybe you know shut up maybe give you a uh, 10 percent and you know, i'm i was born god's freak look at me i have i don't have much i have a song and, and i can do that one voice fuck off man sorry for yelling pablo talk hmm. about freak now tell me how you go from lumberjack to music uh so whilst cutting wood as as a thing you had to do to survive the winter and give to the community i was playing music uh i started like i was uh running the projector at our church for the worship songs you know i'd be put the lyrics there and and i started singing along i always liked music i love singing but i i didn't my parents tried to get us in at a young age my brother started playing guitar and since he did that i was like well nope not doing that i decided to try and draw comics as a guy with no depth perception who's legally blind I got okay at it, and then eventually somebody was like, you know, you can't do this. I said, fuck. So I'm sitting there running the projector as a portly little bowl-cutted fat kid um, wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, I was a chubby little fuck. Really? I was a chunky little bastard. I can't bastard. see that. I, I love chips. 
Uh-huh. And then I thought salads were healthy, so my salad was iceberg lettuce, ranch dressing, and crumbled up uh, cheese its I didn't know. Say tons of cheese, I bet. Yeah, yeah just, I just crumbled cheese. These are like God's croutons. This is fine. And I watched Charlie Brown and get fat. So I'm sitting there in my portly ass, and I start singing along to the song. Now my voice starts changing. And the two worship leaders at our church, one was a woman with a lower voice, one was a guy with, with a higher voice. And I just started like, can't hit that note, can't hit that note. Oh, harmony. So I taught, I started teaching myself that, and then at about 12 or 13, I decided to take opera lessons, and I loved that, and then started getting into like all the music stuff, and I realized that uh, I didn't want to do a real job, because I already could tell I was not a hireable person, because <laughs> I had a lot of rage. I was like, all right, this is this could be good. This thing could be good for me. So I just got heavy into it, worked really hard, practiced as much as I could, and and uh, started a band. When did, when did you realize... I have it. Like where you knew inside, like instinct, like instinct wise, like I have it. Uh, I knew that I wanted it and it's all I wanted myopically. Just like, this is all I want. Laser. 13, 14. Wow. I've never, never been like, I've got this. I never once. And it's not like, not fake humility. It's the the best thing about this is there's a million ways of, of attacking this, what you do, like shifting from opera to rock and stopping opera because I was like, I can't devote this much time to be good. I won a couple of awards as a kid doing opera. It's like the they work did. that it takes to uh, do that. Opera's rough. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's the Olympics of singing. And I could, and, I, and I'll tell you right now, I suck at opera right now. I don't have any of that. I haven't done that kind of training. Um, I can pop out an aria that would suck and a, an opera singer would be like, you're a garbage person. You know, somebody else was like, oh, nice. But I always, there's always a way to like get better. Like this is a never ending thing. And I just decided, and I had, unfortunately I was cursed with parents who were supportive, (laughs) who believed in me. And I, I still resent them for that uh, because I just got to do this thing. I have no backup plan. Um, I could probably go back. I used to be a a proper cook, uh, you know, doing restaurant stuff, but I would kill myself. So I got no backup plan. (laughs) So this is it. This is it. So, I still can't get over the opera thing. Yeah, what were you gonna say, Rob? I'd like to hear him give a little like, whoa, you know, but give us a little maybe something. Come your bed. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You can definitely do opera. Yeah. It was a little <laughs> wa- wavery there, and see, I didn't. I, my 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 glissando was all fucked. Sorry, opera singers. That was good. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So you, you do the opera, you get out of that, then you start the, your first band. Yeah, about 14. And I had a, a like kid band in the church. I, my mom helped me write a vision statement, a mission statement, like oh, cool. schedule. Like, and I could barely play a bar chord on guitar at that point. My brother came up and helped me play through the songs. Like, And I was like, shit, I suck. So I started practicing six hours a day on guitar. And like there was just no, but it was constant, absolute, humility and, and humiliation and failure and god the early stuff sucked so bad i had a decent idea about how to write songs i knew how to tell a story and i was decent at melody but i didn't know what i was doing and i didn't do the work right to learn the right way i could have saved myself a lot of agony but i was just so like head first my the, the problem with being laser focused is you're looking at a tiny piece of a tapestry and i should have listened to other people i should have listened to more things and it took going to music school and it wasn't the theory or anything like that, you know, that that it was talking to teachers who'd been there, wise people, telling me what not to do, how not to act, and what to listen to, how to, like, you know, how to learn. They, I, I learned how to learn. How long would there. you say it took you to 
learn the guitar where you were really good at the the guitar? So when I was uh, from about fourteen to eighteen, I I practiced my ass off and I got pretty proficient. And I ended up breaking my hand and I started oh. being the singer in my band instead of playing guitar. So I would write the riffs on guitar, but I had a guitar players. So I fell off. But like, I mean, if you put in an average of two to six hours, four to five days a week, and I was doing more than that. Like after a few years of that, you're, you're going to start feeling good. I was pretty decent. Um, I consider myself a, uh, I'm a stylistic guitar player. Like certain things I do style wise sound really cool. Technically, I am a shit guitar player. No big deal. It's fine. I'm actually having fun learning. I've got some online classes. I'm going back, and that's the another thing about music. It's like you can always get your chops up, and and if you don't keep them up, you got to get them back. So um, now, what about your voice? Did you have to find your voice, or you were just naturally gifted with that voice from the church on? I mean, from eight eight years old on. Getting to sing, getting to sing along, and just singing. You know, I could carry a tune. And then harmonizing, I think learning how to sing through people's notes that I couldn't hit and knowing harmony and, and visualizing the way my mind sees the notes, how they stack. Um, I think it was a combination of some natural ability and also the perfect scenario, like a scientist set me up for success, like to get to like learn harmony. Because I, you know, if I see a melody, I have five different ways I can stack melody on top of that and create harmony. And whether I want the notes to intersect here, and I can kind of visualize that in my brain. So you pretty much have a photographic memory when it comes to music. You I, can see things, that's a and good that's way. what separates you from everybody else because you can see it yeah. in your mind. You don't need to write it like you see the blocks like you were saying yeah. earlier. Yeah, mm. it's, just, it's like it's sense. always movements, and I teach my students that. Uh, you know, It's like visualize a stair step, and you know, it's like na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. You know, and like out, and it's not always going to be accurate with your hand, but the movement of, you know, and I, I see those little lines kind of like, like the veins popping. Yeah. 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 It's a beautiful thing. So, um, and, and then just doing that and practicing that and also harmonizing with myself and practicing that. Like I like my waveforms to be as identical as they can be before they start phasing. I want everything perfect. When you say waveform, what do you mean waveform? So when you record, you'll see, like, you know, you've seen how, you know, that little... Yeah. You know, so I like when I double something, so I'll sing a track, and then I'll double it. I want those waveforms to have the... Identical. Yeah. As close as I can. And it's... a it's Now, you can't get too perfect. That's got to be hard, right, Robbie? He's been doing this all his life. Post, he was in Philly, worked with NBC, Fox. So imagine how hard that is to... Do yeah. two exactly the same on that timeline? Yeah, it's it's oh. it's a toughie. Like so, like, and you have to be thinking of like vocal control. So if I go, and now I'm, I have to visualize that, was it right? I think I ended a little too early, and I'm starting to get crazy. Now, if somebody doesn't have a good voice like you do, do you think that can be taught? Like I understand you could you could teach the harmonies. That makes sense with the steps. That yeah. makes sense to me. Like very simply that that's really good. That makes total sense. Yeah, but uh, yeah. if you have no voice at all like me, is it possible to to be taught to sing better or it's just one of those things like either you can jump, you know, 16 feet in the air and do a 360 dunk unless you're Spud Webb or you can't. Spud Webb. My man. My he's my power animal. 
five foot eight. Yep. Do I complete dunk with one I think hand? He was five seven or six actually. How how big? Yeah, was I think it was five six. Yeah. I think he's five six is Spud Webb. Muggsy Bogues five five three. So, oh yeah, Muggsy Bogues. Forgot about yeah, him. but he can't dunk. But that's okay. He went through his jack close. Legs. That's that's all. We'll, we'll just say he did. Yeah, Muggsy, <laughs> my little guy. Remember Pleasant. Yeah. So there's only one thing that keeps you from singing, and we'll just do a little test right now. I'm gonna sing a note. Just sing it back to me. Don't okay. worry about what it sounds like. Just match my pitch. Okay. Hey. Hey. Yep. So you did not match my pitch. Now there's a chance that you might be tone deaf, and that is not your fault. So let's do this again. Right. Hey. Hey. So yeah, you want to go lower. So there's something in your brain that is computing the notes in a different key than what they actually are. Now that might just be a, a physical thing that you're actually going lower because you don't want to project. But most likely, you might not be able to match pitch. If you can now, if you can match pitch, I don't care what your voice sounds like. I can teach you. If you can't match pitch, you're dead. You're pretty much dead in the water. And depending on if it is a actual wiring tone deaf thing, because that is like that's like people who, when they eat cilantro, they taste soap. There's nothing we can do about that. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. I I have actually heard that exact thing. My wife has that, and, and really, and yeah. it tastes like soap, right? It tastes like soap, mm -hmm. so like I can't. And I'm I would put cilantro like in everything if I could, yeah. but she does not like it. And there's no, and I realize. So you're I, living proof that that's a real thing. Oh yeah, because I've read about that a lot. Yeah, uh, there's certain people with um, uh, saffron will do the same thing, which is unfortunate. I made these beautiful. Sweet Wonder potatoes. why fucking soap? Wonder why it makes. I don't know. There's, I believe it's a, a pal like so. There's a enzyme in their mouth so that that so like with, think about it like with heat. Like when you eat a spicy pepper, we feel like there is temperature like burning. Of course that's not the case because then we'd have scar tissue and burning it is a physiological response from the capsicum the uh the oil the, the heat creator that does this stuff so spicy food does not ruin your stomach or do anything else we have a our brain communicates information which is why some people do it for pleasure like i love spicy i'll eat a habanero like just for fun because uh, i'm stupid <laughs> but uh you want to hear something funny a long, a long time ago I, I was doing a magazine shoot, a cover of a magazine that was super ripped, more ripped than I am now. And I would always eat a ton of pepper and spice because it increases your uh, metabolism because it ups your body temperature. Yeah. And three or four days before it, it would really would lean, it leans you the hell out because yeah. it ups your body temperature. Yeah. It sure. causes you to sweat. You yeah. know, like it technically your body temperature increases because of your heart rate, because of the endorphins released. Like the heat itself, then that's the fun, like the chemical reaction is a endorphin brain thing. So when you start thinking about enzymes and stuff that we just naturally have that fuck with us, like certain people are, and there's a good amount of people who are like, cilantro tastes like soap. What I have to educate people about is don't fucking say that. You're the mutant in this situation. Cilantro <laughs> tastes amazing. It doesn't taste good to you, and I won't put it on your food. But if you insult my favorite herb, again, I'm going to bash you in the face. Yeah, just because it tastes like soap to you, it doesn't yeah. demand. The rest of the world, <laughs> like, if, in, until I see a, a graph that says 78% of the people think yeah. cilantro tastes like soap, you can fuck off. I will not put it on your food, and I respect the fact that you were born this way and can't do anything about it, but watch it. See, I got fucked. I got fucked, Halen. Because I, my mom used to make it all the time. Uh, chicken marsala mm. with pasta on the side, yes. uh, asparagus, you know, the whole nine. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, 32, allergic to mushrooms. I go, to, I go, I went, was out to dinner, I was eating, boom, I had to get one of the fucking bangers. Oh, no. Because my throat started closing up. Yuppie. 
Yeah, the ep- yeah. epi. Do you know? Uh, apparently, and a- the, and I, sorry to interrupt. The only reason I had an epi was because the girl I was with, she was allergic to bees. You're so, so lucky. I'm fucking lucky because yeah. I'm telling you, man, it was gone. So how many years ago was that? Thirty-two. So that's eight years ago. So apparently, Wait, the uh, body. Yeah. Uh, so you're so what you're allergic to. Uh, everything kind of resets every seven years. Um, I don't know, like, there's, this is a proper science thing that I don't have all the information on, but my wife was allergic to corn. She worked at a movie theater and, you know, popcorn and corn tortillas. Like, it was tacos. That would suck to be allergic to corn. Yeah. So, it's in everything. And then all of a sudden, uh, like, years ago, like, she, like, it was a seven year area and, and somebody said, yeah, things reset every seven years. She gave it a whirl, not a problem. Good for her. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So it's like, now I don't, you know, you should have an epi ha- pen on, on hand, but like mushrooms are one of the great foods of, of all time. Oh, uh, worst food of all time. You fly back. Oh, here, you fly God. back in. Oh. You hold the epi pen. Rob has an epi yep. pen, uh, and I try it, and both you bang me back to fucking life yep. when I try it. And I'll give myself an epi pen just for shits and giggles. Because I really would like to go to Seattle and see what those mushrooms are like. Oh, yeah, dude. Those mushrooms are different. Regular mushrooms. <laughs> but I, if I can't eat those, I can't eat the other ones. All right, if I do come back, I'm going to make some mushrooms, and I will convince you with the right mushroom, with the right sauce, with the right texture, you will change your mind. The I've done it before. The only thing I ever had a mushroom in that I liked was my grandmother used to make pasta sauce, and she'd put mushrooms in it, but they were finely cut. They weren't like mm-hmm. thick and Slimy. Well, that's how you cut them, right? I right. mean, they, they cut them like thin. So I do this. Just... Uh, I do these paper thin mushrooms, and I do this slow sauce with a uh, butter, soy, yuzu, lemon, and a shit ton of garlic and black pepper. And they just what about steep. peppers? What about pepper peppers? Oh, I'll, I'll throw peppers in anything. It just depends on what I'm cooking for. Yeah. You know, so like Thai chilies, I would dice those in there if you wanted. But like the idea is, these mushrooms have this. Like they taste like uh, the textures like uh, capicola or you know like a lunch meat like a thin prosciutto, or is the Italians who uh, don't know what they're doing in America prosciutto prosciutto mozzarella what about it's like the it's like back in the day we used to make fun of like newscasters who like had no accent and whenever anything Latin came up Rosarita yes. fuck yeah. off did you, ever, did you ever run into that yes oh, they, they, they still do yeah, it's still like do. cut the shit like you fucking hypocrite like say when you when you when you would hear that because he used to, he was the camera guy yeah. Were you like, what the fuck? I just laughed behind the I would the smash the camera on the ground. when I see it, I hear it now, and I'm just like, oh. I don't under, I, it's like, you're not doing the culture a benefit. Like, I, I'm pretty well traveled, and I say mozzarella, and I say Garcia, and I say everything in the way I can. Like, it's like, it's hard with like, you know, hummus. You're supposed to say the roll the, but I don't, it's hummus for me, and I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Even if it's my, my thing, I'm not going to go, you know, baby, I'm a Jorah, Irish stuff. I'm not going to do that because yeah. I'm an American. My accent's going to be natural. That you're not going to pretend. It fucking pisses me off. Like, unless you're doing a bit, like, don't do an accent. And this is not about cultural appropriation. This is about fucking... I think just, like, like, just if you can't say, like, bruschetta, just say, give me the the, the, the toasty bread yeah. with the tomato shit on top and the garlic thing mm-hmm. on the shit. Yeah. And or, they'll know. Yeah. And, but then it's like, yeah, I'd love the bruschetta. Fuck you. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm sorry. I guess this is as aggressive as I've gotten yet. I'm like fucking angry about it. I, one time, and the guy was actually Italian, he actually, he accidentally said, yeah, I would like uh, for appetizer uh, the brujor. Like, you know, like Dick in Italian. Yeah. He almost said it. Like all the way. Yep. The lady knew. She yep. was from Sicily. She knew what, you know, like you fucked up on it. She was like, what? <laughs> like, what are you trying to do? Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's another thing. It's like you're, and I've learned this French especially. It's like, mm-mm. Like, I'll try. Like, it's always nice to, to be polite and try in France. And especially if you're not in Paris, they really appreciate you just giving it a whirl. Like, merci. And I, my, I did French opera once. The only thing I ever got French fucking... French opera? Yeah. So you went all the way... Did you go I did German, France? Italian... No, I was a competition in uh, Canada, north of Washington. We did... I, so I did Italian, German, English, and French. I got destroyed by the judge. He's like, your tone is great. Your pitch was great. Glissando was wonderful. Nice glottal... Blah, blah. Your pronunciation... Is atrocious. atrocious. I'm like, oh fuck, I can't. And they got so, that fucking accent telling you oh, that. Yeah, I bet I, you loved that. And, and you know what? Though yeah. it's it was true though. I I looked back. I listened to the video. I was like, yeah, I can't. My French pronunciation sucks. Like I, mémoire à which means put your finger in me. I'm not doing it right. You know, voulez-vous sucer mes What's that mean? I believe that is please suck my balls. I I the only things I needed to know when I was in France. You got five things you need to know, right? Yeah, yeah. Say thank you, merci, and that's terrible. That's my accent. I'm not going to try though. Is it mercy? That's the word. Mercy. Merci. Merci. Like mercy, like you're like okay, mercy. Don't shoot me. What the safe word is? Mercy. When you're in France, it's a you know a lot of love in there. I had so much fun and people. People give uh, people from Paris shit, but also French people give people from Paris shit. And I've met plenty of nice Parisians. There is a, a, a thing there, but man, you travel in the countryside. They're like, why are you staying in a hotel? Come to my house. I feed you stew. Really? Oh, yeah. They're the nicest people. So wonderful. I love France. I love yeah. French. I love everybody pretty much. But you know, it used to be like that back in the day. Even yeah. when I was growing up. Like, you know, if we had, if we cooked and we had extras, we'd invite the neighbors over and everybody over. Now, That's... Every Sunday, I just cook. Every Sunday, and I and I don't uh, I don't invite anybody, but they show like yeah. whenever it's around. I'm like, I'll have to let you know if I'm gone from town. That's what I say. I'm like, no food, fuck it, off, don't come over. What do you like, got? The fucking back door open so they could smell it, and then they oh, open yeah. the door and you can Our slam it on their face. Up. Yeah, that's yeah. what I, I could see him doing that uh-huh. just to be funny. I would. Ah, open the door, let the whole neighborhood smell yeah. the gravy. Yeah. Oh, would you like to come? I'm out. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> If you're a prick, you don't get to come. I would do that. But uh, the funny thing is my office is full of throwing knives and things like that. So I'll like get the saw started. I'll just sit in my office. Somebody's like, hi. And I just like grab a knife. What? Oh, you're okay. You're fine. Come on in. Come yeah, on yeah. in. I love feeding people. It's my favorite thing in the world to do. Uh, probably right behind getting paid to play music is uh, just getting to cook and feed people. Every, every time we can, it's like we have all the friends. We got people just eating, having fun. And my rules are very simple in my house. Do not talk about your politics do not talk about your bullshit here your opinions are valid if something terrible is happening in the country that's fine but guess what this house is full of love and laughter and if you have a problem there's a little I call it bitch corner you can go to bitch corner and bitch about anything you want beautiful and everybody's everyone is welcome in bitch corner yeah but if you walk into my kitchen while I'm cooking and try to say something like that I I just grab my knife and say I will stab (laughs) what's the number one dish what's your favorite dish to cook or your best dish that you think is your best dish um so my favorite thing, so I do a lot of Italian and Mexican food because I was Southern California, you know, even though I lived in Washington, like we had that influence and I have the Italian influence. My pesto, uh, which I put on like pasta and just mm. make, everybody makes me make the pesto. I do this garlic cashew thing uh, instead of pine nuts because it was cheaper back in the day when I was poor. Um, I didn't like the pine nuts. It, it's, I don't like them. It doesn't. Uh, the cashews are so amazing and I just throw it all in a blender I don't even need a food processor if you put the right amount of stuff in I get this beautiful beautiful pesto uh, so everybody loves that uh, my uh, my pasta sauce and meatballs pretty much people are down with that I make pizzas now and that's that's probably the new fave Yeah. and then my Verde chicken 
Verde chicken. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Slow roasted peppers. Like this is a day long thing. I love things that take an entire day because if I'm in the oh, kitchen, slow roasted yeah. peppers. There's nothing yeah. better yeah. than slow. Ro- yep. I w- I'll take the slow roasted peppers and some meatballs. Oh, dude. And a side of, uh, I'll take uh, just regular regular spaghetti. No it's not problem. regular spaghetti with yeah. a little bit of red sauce. Yeah, I do the marinara, simple and easy, and and I start with San Marzano tomatoes, and I just I use a stick blender, so I just put it all garlic, onions, a little wine, a little uh, balsamic, just cook those down. Mm. Good tomatoes. I don't need I don't need sugar in the sauce. I don't need any of that bullshit. Like get that sweetness from the onions and everything else. Blend that up. When you can't taste the onions in the sauce, you killed it. If you use the good, just use sweet onions. And cook them down before they become caramelized. Just get them so they're sexy. Get them so they're soft, browning. Mm. Don't get them, but but if you get them brown, it's a good sauce. But that's going to be like French onion soup. You're going to taste that. So you get them there. Blast that with a little vinegar, a little wine. Don't put anything else. Like the garlic then hits. Then you put your tomatoes in. Dry herbs, not the not the fresh herbs because that's at the end. And you just stick blend the shit out of that. Turn it on low. And then halfway through, that's when you add your roasted meatballs. Throw them in the pot. Mm. And then, and then that sits there for a good five hours until yeah, all fucking day. Oh yeah, Rob, we'd be three hundred pounds. Oh. We'd be three hundred pounds in a month with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got to You know, that's why you got to swim and run. You know. Yeah. And that's why there's a lot of violence in the house. Like, everybody eats, and then I chase them around with an axe. <laughs> I'm doing this for your beach body in 2027. I don't want to. You just, know, I don't want to fuck just a tubby. You burn it off, yeah. right? I want to make sure everyone stay stay sexy for for the plan. So, do you remember the first time you played live with a big crowd? So the in my my original band i got to play in front of like 300 people which was amazing and that was and we crushed and f- ironically that was the town that eventually boycotted us <laughs> uh and this, we were a goth band and christian but like uh doing corn in 2006 and and 20,000 people and then the funny thing is it wasn't the first time but like playing rock'em ring uh playing for 90,000 you played for 90,000 people? Wow. And there's this song uh, with Corn with somebody, someone, and they do this big dun, dun, and everybody puts their hands forward like this. And you got 90,000 fucking and people. you could there. feel the wind from the fists going forward. On stage. Yeah. And John used to do that thing that Ozzy does where, like, uh, during daytime when it was really hot, he'd get the big hose, cook to a fire truck, and just, like, blast people with the hose. And they and loved not, it, right? Oh, they loved it. And I I used to have this terrible vision of like, what if I changed that to gasoline and lit one match? Oh fuck! And I don't know why. And it, like, it was one of those like, like we've all had horrible thoughts. Yeah. I don't know why it was the first thing I thought of. Um, I can't afford therapy yet. I'm using all my money for guitars. <laughs> but I will, kids. I will. I give you my guarantee. I will not burn anyone with gasoline. Look at this guy. I don't think so. I, think, I don't but think I will. When you're standing up there and you look out there and there's 90 fucking thousand people and somehow this guy from Southern California to Washington State, Lumberjack, this, that, you're on stage, 90,000 people are there. Just what does that look like, feel like, or you don't even notice it because you you have the job at hand? So the job at hand, I think that there there was an intense, there was an energy there. Like you can't, I mean, we're all made of electrons. Like, you know, I don't care what you believe in. Like, I believe there is like yeah. science, scientifically speaking, we got energy. And it's all happening. So when you get a bunch of people with the same vision doing the same thing at the same time, you're going to feel something. That was a special thing. But um, coming into that idea, you have to give the same effort when there's nine people. And I and I have. I don't think I've half-assed many shows um, 
I like to think that I try my best. I've had bad shows. I've had terrible shows. I've had shows that I really didn't want to be at. But it doesn't matter if there's 90,000 people because honestly what you're trying to do is touch one person. And after I broke my ribs, uh, somebody in the crew was like, you know, I still tried to jump on an amp and do all this stuff. He's like, why do you bother with this? Why why don't you just take it easier? You don't have to like throw yourself into the drum set and do all this stuff. I was like... People pay to come see you. We are in, let's say we're in doing a B market tour, which is the smaller towns. Like, let's say we're in some random place in Georgia or uh, like Estonia. We were in like Eastern Europe, like in the Baltic states. Now, why would corn? Why would you guys do a little place like that? Because people can't travel. So instead of playing for, you know, twenty five thousand people, you get to play for ten thousand people who don't get to see you, who will buy merch. This is their one chance. So you're you're still making money, oh. but not. And it's also a great All way of like you know people who can't drive to the big city. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why we call it. the That's B- pretty cool that you guys did that. Oh yeah, and it, well, it's it's great for business as well. So there's a there's I would a imagine kindness. that the merchandise probably flies because they don't get to. This is their. But that comes sense, that comes back to the idea. It's like all right, so we're playing in a place that somebody might not be able to see us ever again, especially somebody's place like you know, Latvia or Estonia in Eastern Europe. And you're going to tell me that because I've had a hard day or I heard, I got a boo-boo that I'm not going to... And yes, I know I'm just a background guy, but people are watching and they hired me to do a job. Like, I feel this so passionately and legitimately, and I'm generally a sarcastic prick. Like, if you don't give every single thing you have, you work fucking two to three hours a night. These people work... Terrible fucking boring jobs not terrible to them, but to me they're they're terrible because I can't do them I'm not hireable and they're, they bust their asses and they just want to have a few hours of pure joy and Entertainment and you're not gonna give them a hundred percent of you. I'm with you. So what? you deal with you. the pain the next day Yeah, get a rock duck do whatever you got to do sacrifice your body these people are your life's blood They're this band the reason this band is big and I'm a part of this now I'm part of this family and I'm gonna do everything I can and, and when it's my show, it's going to be the same goddamn thing because I just want I want to touch everybody deeply. Um, but I want people to feel something and leave happier than when they left. And I'm not singing to the crowd. I'm singing to every single person one-on-one that I care about you at this moment. When the show is done, after I've shaken hands and taken pictures and done hugs and you leave, I do not care about you anymore until I see you again. I can't, I can't do that. But in this moment... This, it's us and no one else. So, I, Like we were talking when, when uh, we came over here. I think becoming a musician like you and the level that you got to, even if you're vocals, whatever, <clears throat> that is harder, I think, than getting like in the NBA or NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many musicians trying to make it, and now yeah. you, can do, you can do it on your own now. And at your time when, I mean, metal was just... <sighs> I mean, to get that high, yeah. I mean, that's got to be harder than, do you think that too? Yeah, I think so. There's, I mean, not that many. There's great musicians, there's good musicians, and then there's, eh, he's all right. But it's, you know, it's, there's not many. Not many. But like to get to that level, I mean, level. I think the odds are less. You got to play that. luck. Like luck is a part yeah. of it. And that's, we were talking the same thing. It's like, there's a lot of, like, there's aspects of, of my musicianship that is, Definitely. Like, if you were to hire me as a guitar player, I would be a lucky fuck because I'm not... I'm. A lot of people are better than me in guitar. Tons. Tons. Um, it would be a, a, a shitty thing. And I nearly got um, a guitar gig for Breaking Benjamin, a couple other bands. Like, And I would have been like, man, this is... Like, playing percussion in corn, I am not the best percussionist. I learned. I practiced as hard as I could because I was background vocals and they said, hey, do you play percussion? 
Yes. <laughs> I need to go home and learn. Yeah. You'll be up for the next uh, month, right? I don't yeah. think you're going to be sleeping. I, oh, I, I learned <laughs> how to play the freaking, um, for the MTV Unplugged, I learned how to play the freaking mandolin. bring that up. <laughs> how, long, how long ago was the uh, Breaking Ben? Uh, that was probably like 2010. From Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, Breaking Benjamin. Yeah. I grew, from I grew up I grew up with uh, a friend that was real good friends with the lead singer. I loved them. Yeah, you know? so the lead singer ended up playing rhythm guitar. Um, so I got I did the audition, did a couple of them. Same guy who got did the audition with Korn. And um, I got, apparently I was in the running because it was background vocals and guitar. And, you know, I learned, like, it was cool. And then he's like, oh, the singer's going to play guitar. I was like, fuck! Uh, <laughs> but everything happens for a reason. Uh, yep, that's yep. how you gotta look at it. Yeah. Well, there's no reason in you know you play poker, the same kind of thing. It's like you got aces, somebody's got kings. King comes on the flop. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You can't bitch about it. Keep moving. Keep it moving. That's all. That's all we can do is keep moving forward and be kind to each other, people, and stop posting shit on Facebook. <laughs> no one cares about what your uncle thinks. And fuck you, trolls. And fuck you, trolls. Thank you. Now you do MTV Unplugged, and you play what? An array of instruments. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. how many instruments? Like, what instruments all can you play? Where you would say you're pretty good. So, bells are one of those things where it's rhythm, and their bells had notes. So that's mostly choreographed. And you, you can know. see it. You know, it's like ding ding. So that whole thing on falling away from me. I had two notes, and John had uh, a couple, and our our uh, face tech care bear had a couple. So we had dun. So I would play certain notes. Then there was the marxophone, which is that little hammer dulcimer-style instrument where you hit the key and it, the hammer like a keyboard like plays that. Um, I did uh, percussion on all these random like metal things. We were gonna do a song where I played mandolin, and I spent two weeks learning the mandolin, and then they canceled that song. So I didn't play mandolin for about ten years after that. <laughs> so fucking pissed. Um, so I learned a few random things. I think I played something else. What did I do? Can't remember. But yeah, there was just a bunch of fun acoustic randos. Now, back then, MTV was actually music with the Unplugged. Barely, Can't, barely music back then. They were then. starting to fade out, right? It was, def- it was all reality TV, but That's MTV right. Unplugged was still a thing. I got to go. What was that for- like in MTV? Like, tell me about going in there and, and that whole time, because I used to watch that shit until MTV just got really weird. It was super fun. Um, everyone was really nice. Um the Cure was a guest spot, and uh, Amy Lee was a guest spot. I got to drink all all night with The Cure and play poker. And <laughs> there was a terrible rumor started uh, because of the we were a we terrible were, rumor, huh? terrible rumor. Um, <laughs> so like we were getting properly sloshed, and these guys. So first off, the music director at the time was like was loved The Cure, and I get that because I love The Cure, but it was a little annoying. I've been working, so it was in the middle of winter in December two thousand six. I just turned twenty three. Um, there was a little corner market, so I grabbed my tall boys of Bud Lights or six packs, and I'd go to the practice and I'd have my sippies. And week of practice, suddenly the cure is arriving, and the music director says, "All right, so we're not going to have any drinks tomorrow, no alcohol." I was like, "Okay, why?" Well, the cure is coming. I was like, Do they, "Are they sober?" I don't think so, but I was like, "But why?" Hmm. Well, because we want to look professional. I was like, "Is anything wrong with my performance?" No. Do you want to listen to the tapes? Is anything wrong with the play? The, the music? Is anything bad? No. So you want me to change what I'm doing because the cure's coming, even though it's not bad? He's like, just don't bring any beer. So I'm going to take a wild guess that you brought beer. I did not. Bullshit. I promise you. I you did. believe him? 
hand to God. So <laughs> I drank a lot before we got there. This was no. This was my first. This is like you know I I joined in February 2006. This is December. Things are going well. I, John and I are really close. I don't want to fuck. So I'm up. sitting there. I'm just like kind of like this is so stupid. But I'm you know little little fish, big pond, and humility and professionalism is more important than my love of Bud Light. And uh, John walks up and he's like, "What's wrong, K Doggy?" He called me K Doggy every now and then. I thought that was fun. I was like, oh, nothing. He's like, where's your beer? I was like, oh, I'm not going to say his name. Music director uh, said we're not having beer because the cure's coming. I don't know because I I don't know. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Storms to the refrigerator, grabs a couple beers, brings them over to my station. like, don't fucking listen to him. Did he go, Did he go? what the fuck? Oh, yeah, he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and John just grabs, grabs me a couple beers. I was like, oh, thanks. So the music director comes up oh, and he's like, boy. I thought I told you. And he actually grabbed my shirt. He's like, I thought I told you what not you to have beer. He grabs me in the chest like this. I won't ask you what you wanted to do to him when he did that. I just simply said, it was like, well, John gave me those. And while I'm not trying to play favorites or make anything different, I don't really think it's a big deal since I'm playing well. And if you don't put your hands off me, I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> I figured your reaction would, yeah. would have been something similar to you got to be polite. got to be kind. But I was like, get the That's fuck pretty kind. off me. Yeah. Oh, I was... So the cure shows up with a fucking road case of booze. <laughs> I figure. Yeah. And we go to Nobu, and the I'm sitting with them at the table, and then the music director comes with his daughter and kicks me off the table and like relegates me to another table because <laughs> he wanted to sit with the cure. And Robert Smith and the other guys are like, I didn't like how he treated you. That's rude. Do you want to come and get drunk with us in the hotel or whatever he said with Robert Smith voice, which I can't do. We played poker. We had super fun. We were drinking, watching some of their unreleased stuff, and they were the nicest guys in the world. We got a little British with it, like, and we're starting to like play like five-card slapdown. Like, the money was pretend because we were playing with sweets, but I was so hammered at the end. At a certain point, you owed me $2,000. Like, <laughs> But it was in jest. And I drunkenly say something to a, a crew guy. And it spreads that, like, and the MTV guy was, like, interviewing Robert Smith talking about poker. Kalen, what happened? Oh, boy. He's like, well, I have the witnesses, and we were playing with sweets, so I suppose you'll have to believe me. And I was like... I didn't want like people to think. Did that you I was really say I we have the witnesses? You know, he, he's like, was it, I have? It was a fun little joke, like you know, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah, his yeah. people. Yeah, and I was, I was like, ah, I don't, and it was all fine, but I, I didn't want Robert Smith to think I was saying Robert Smith owes me money. The rich guy needs me. I was trying drunk, to be trying, polite. I was trying to explain to people. I was like, we had like I, the words probably came out like two thousand poker Charlie Ranchers. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> that hammer. one, and and unfortunately, like there's nothing more gossipy than a good road crew, and they were amazing guys. But holy shit, a story gets morphed and twisted so quick. So of course we come out to do a sound check for a song, um, and I was like, "Where's my money?" And we laughed, and I was hope I'm I still hope. And Robert, I'm sure you listen to this show. This is a great podcast, uh, Robert. I thank you. It was a gig. It was just a joke, you know, having a little mm -hmm. fun. And I'm sorry I got drunk and. And if you could give me $2,000, that would be great. <laughs> I could, I'll buy some pedals. Who gave you the name White Rabbit? Um, so I had the... Uh, I, the I can see where it comes from in a way. So the first... In a respectful Oh, yeah, no, no, I love pleasant. it. Pleasant. Um, I'm known as a... Ha uh, uh, let's see, Hassan, what is it? I think it was Jaeger Hassan <laughs> or Jaeger Pfeffer, Pfeffer. No, yeah. It was some, I was the Jaeger bunny in, in Germany. Um, the uh, Australians called me the albino ribbit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, I had a mask that was a rabbit mask for the first uh, few months of the tour. The first run, because their their uh, album cover, See You on the Other Side, had all these 
animals in suits. So that was the whole, all the background guys, like a horse mask, a pig mask, a rabbit. I was the rabbit and I would, you know, wear that. The funny thing is after like three plus years, I only did it the first time, but that stuck. And I had, and I got a bottle of Jaeger every show. I drink one shot before the show because it's actually good for the throat. Mm. Uh, it's legitimately was invented as a cough syrup. And I didn't get hammered at shows. I was a professional, but like you have one before, have a couple beers on stage, and then I take it down after that, you know, because the show's over. Then it's time to go. It's time to fucking party. Yeah. I destroyed some people, man. I got so many bands hung over and broken. <laughs> <laughs> the Deftones did admit that they nearly canceled their show the next day after all the time, and, oh. and they might not agree with it <laughs> now. And I love, I love those guys, but um, I got, I went to their bus and oh fucking, at all my Jaeger. Is it is it true like you you know you hear the stories of the tour buses and yeah. the before the concert the after the concert is it what anyone would typically imagine in their head going on on that tour bus? It can be. Um, so when I joined Corn, they'd been at it for a long time. Most of the band was sober. A couple of them drank, but you know they had wives and families, and there was pretty well behaved chill. And also, you've got to take care of yourself. You know, these guys were in their late 30s at that point, which is where I'm at right now, and you've got to make sure you can perform. But there was also times when it was party time, and crew bus was always crazy. If you wanted to get into trouble, see, people don't realize if you ever get on the road, kids, go to the crew bus. Give, give me a good story from, from the crew bus. Yeah, I'd like to hear one of those. It was... Um, a lot. <laughs> well, um. It's, it's one you the, can remember. It's sloppy. <laughs> it's all sloppy. So there was one time where two ladies were having sex on top of me, and they said, "We'll sit on you, but you can't touch." And I said, "No problem." And that's the kind of stuff that happened on the crew bus. And Give now, me a good one. Give me a good uh, story. Okay, let me think here. Uh, I mean, it was pretty good for me having two ladies have sex no. on me, except for I had to clean the pants later. But um, <laughs> okay, I don't know. If that's a bad. Thing. So I think the best. All right, this is good. <laughs> this so when Joey from Slipknot joined the band, he got uh, his own bus on the summer tour after we did the first leg in 2007. And while I was always on the bus with John, John's like, "I'm gonna have some. I'm gonna have my kids out on tour a bunch." And it's like, you know, I love you, buddy. We can, you know, come on anytime you want. But I know you and Joey want to have fun. And why don't you just be on his bus? So an entire bus with me and Joey, who we were both five five nothings. We they called us the Dragons. Because we'd get drunk and go, dragon, dragon, uh, man, like that. And the burp was also in there. Um, we got into a lot of fun shenanigans. So there was only a couple people on the bus. We had a lighting guy here and there. It was so every night, Joey would get nervous before the show, and I would be like, all right, dude, it's going to be fine. And I would get him, I would make him a little red beer with like Clamato and and things like that and he's like what if I he was such a perfectionist he'd always worry like what if I fuck up he's like dude you're amazing you're a great drummer I love you it's gonna be great drink this Tabasco mm -hmm. put it in there drink that down and then when I was done with the show I would want to go on the bus and listen to Tom Waits and be left alone because I was expended all my energy I didn't want to hang out with anybody I didn't care about any of that and Joey would get on the bus and be like, get over your motherfucker. You're going to talk to people and be friendly and learn how to network and do your job. I was like, my job's over. He's like, no, your job is to hang out with fans and people and have fun. I was like, fuck, all right. So he'd give you a black tooth grin and out we'd go. What I started doing, uh, they found out that I was really, really good at chugging beers. <laughs> and one night, uh, I think it was Machine Head and a couple other metal bands. I don't remember all of them, but there was like four bands, a bunch of randos ladies and it was a party 
And for some reason, Joey got it in his head that he was going to be a bookie. And he's, <laughs> like, he's like, my brother here can out chug any one of you. And now what happens with metal guys who are tall and bearded and, and giant and probably have tiny penises and anger. <laughs> not, I'm not saying I love a lot of these guys, but like there was, everyone was drunk and they're like, oh, no way. I'm like two of you. I was like, you're like three of me, fatty. <laughs> and uh, so we'd line it up. It was $20 pop. And then it got more expensive. And I would chug with all these giant metal dudes. And Joey was running around taking bets like a little bookie. Oh. And he comes up. I was like, what are we doing here? This is derailed. And Joey's like, man, I got to tell you, like, I know we could be having sex or doing cocaine, but this is so much more fun. I feel like a bookie. He's like, do you want a green fucking hat? Do you want one of the visors? He's like, do you have one? I was like, no. What's going on? He's like, how, how are you doing? I was like, I'm going to piss myself soon. And I think I've got about four more before I puke. Like, okay. And so we, we did the whole thing. I won every time. And... I made more money that week. I made more money chugging beer and occasionally <laughs> playing poker than I made touring occasionally. And I got paid decently. And there was times because I got everybody, I got Jonathan and Bodyguards and a bunch of other bands like into poker. Uh, that, that time on the tour, how many beers do you think you drank to win all together? By the time the the, the competition was, was over and, and he was done being a bookie and he won? Somewhere between, and I, I did give him 20% of that money. He didn't care about the money, but I gave him because he was he. It was him. I probably drank twelve. It was probably a twelve awesome. to fourteen round of full beers. Now, granted, this is yeah, also after time, you know after post show drinking. Oh, after and these are also you were drinking prior to that too. Yeah, and also I'm standing there <laughs> with a five five, <laughs> filling myself with beer. It was a bad time, <laughs> but you had to hold it in. So that was that was fun. And then you know, then sex and drugs and all that stuff. But that's boring. Nobody cares about that. But you did do DMT. I did do DMT once. But you said it sucked. It didn't. For you, it well, didn't like kick so in. So right the idea of DMT is that you're supposed to the the chemical release in your brain when you die. I'm sure like Rogan's yeah. talked about this. You've talked about this. I, yeah, I actually read it. Yeah, it's the yeah. last thing that shoots out of your brain when you yeah. die. Yeah. So you smoke this, and you're supposed to pretty much trip balls for like 15 or 20 minutes, or sometimes less. But you're supposed to like trip balls. So there is. I don't know if it's on, and it probably canceled me. But I did a bunch. Of films with my band, The Changing, my metal band that I had while I was touring with Corn, and we did all these little videos and comedy. We didn't do any music videos because I was like, "That's boring. Let's just make comedy videos insulting metal and how misogynistic <laughs> and sexist and racist and horrible everything." It's just it gave us an excuse to be the worst versions of ourselves because I really did think how I was always disgusted by the whole thing. It's like metal guys are so annoying and metal shit. There's a reason that there's not girls here. Because we're gross, so we did all this stuff, and we and there's this video where I smoke out of a corn cob pipe, and it shows me tripping balls after an interview and like and dancing to typo negative. Now, what people don't realize until now, big reveal, I was smoking DMT, so I smoke DMT, nothing, nothing happens, nothing happens at all. We do the film, and it's at the party house I was talking about, and then you know we go to the bar, finish rap shooting, go to the bar, start drinking, go back to the, the house it's probably like midnight or one maybe later and everyone's there it's like 20 people there just drinking being early 20s and weird and there's a snap and suddenly everything is quiet and I'm wearing a hoodie and I look around I'm like what's up and you can imagine the usual what's up like blah blah it took a while to figure out I was like no 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 we were all here we were talking about something and then and there, no you grabbed a hoodie, put it on, sat down, and started telling everybody their deepest, darkest secrets. 
you sent one guy home in tears. I'm like, oh shit. That's all right. That guy cried all the time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I did. I, and there's like the funny thing about our crew. I was like, oh shit, I smoked DMT. When? I'm like, oh, I don't know, five, six hours ago. I don't know. Oh, and I don't remember anything. So I guess it's just you guys with each other's secrets. So are we good? And then we partied more. And we just went on our our separate. It, it was it was so great. I was like, oh, he just sm he smoked DMT, and it it affected him weird because something's wrong with him. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And we just moved on from that. We just brush that under the rug and then you were also with the band superfix right yes i'm still working with uh, um, tab four oh go ahead i'm sorry oh yeah i'm still working uh with superfix uh we're recording a bunch of stuff gonna put it out uh, my buddy uh eli rubin is the main songwriter uh fucking great guy yeah i am so Looks furry good. so fucking furry that's hilarious G go click on uh photos rob Uh, yeah, so we were that's some hardcore shit there, right? Uh, so it's this is like it was pretty it was pretty metal. There's some good screaming, uh, not quite as heavy as like the changing things like that, but really good metal. So I think that's time. that's a badass picture, right? Eli, that's my boy. Love that guy, and that's Logan Mater from Machine Head who uh, mixed my record with the changing. Fucking jacked up. Oh, he's jacked. His nickname is Deltoid when we played poker. I gave him that nickname. I think that's a fair nickname. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he's got the nicest voice. He's like, hi, guys. I'm just super pissed off right now. I was like, yeah, Logan, are you mad? He's like, yeah. Sorry for yelling. <laughs> he's got he's so chill. I hope he doesn't get pissed about me doing it. I don't give a fuck. Logan, I love you, buddy. Fuck off. Yeah, he's jacked. Yeah. That's a big boy. There, yeah. Bro. You don't want to write from him. No. No. That, uh, so we uh, did a, we did the, I think the metal something, all-star, metal all-star tour a couple years ago. That was fun. Yeah, I'm still working with Eli. We're actually doing... Once again, it's funny, we're kind of veering away from the hard, hard metal and going into some good old, like, still hard rock, stuff like that, but we're, like, getting really, I mean, we listen to um, a lot of Kendrick Lamar and, like, start grooving and getting beats and having some fun with that. We're not doing hip-hop by any means, but, like, we're getting into, like, the, like, chilling out a little bit. I don't know if it's because my back fucking hurts or if I'm just, like, getting annoyed with how metal sounds now. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Does it drive you not Like, you said you just picked up a, a, a guitar and just killed it. Like, just on spot. Nowadays, it's, you know, 90% of it. I mean, you know more than me, but I would say probably 90% of it had some bit of auto-tune in it and everything else. Does that drive you fucking nuts? It's the way... It, I mean, the human ear is now almost indoctrined. Indoctrinated? Yes, Kalen, speak. Um, <laughs> we, we hear perfect now. Like... Vocals are tuned. Every vo even the best vocalists in the world are tuned. Um, certain songs that are really poppy that I do, I tune. Even if it's fine. Now the stuff that I do for myself, I do not. I will fix it. I don't want auto tune. We were playing poker once, and we just finished uh, the record for obvious reasons, uh, the changing record, which is on somewhere. I think on most uh, social platforms. <laughs> um, and then Logan mixed that, and we were playing poker. And I don't care how buff he is. I was like, hey, Logan, remember I said no auto-tune? He's pretty big. I don't give a shit. <laughs> when you have hate in your heart. <laughs> I know. And you don't care about getting smashed in the face. They used to say, uh, the bigger they are, the quicker they drop. Right? Yeah, yeah. And now, granted, I've just never that, fought Logan. Yeah, I don't think you want to. I don't mind. Uh, you know, whatever happens, it'll be funny. A good ass beating's nice yeah. once yeah. in a while. We'll have a beer. I think I can take him. Uh, <laughs> I'll grab his fucking dreadlocks. Uh so we're playing. I want no problems. I think you're awesome. Yeah, Logan, you're the best. I love you. But I was like, Logan, did you put auto tune on the vocals? He's like, what? I was like, this song. I said this thing. He's like, oh, I put a little something on the backgrounds. I was like, I'll be in tomorrow. 
to fix it. <laughs> and now, there's no reason. Now, this was purist back in the day, probably 2008. And I probably wouldn't care now. But the idea was that I want it to be natural. Natural. The world doesn't give a fuck. The ear will actually, like certain times where I, like, I know that this will affect people's enjoyment of the song. We are so used to hearing perfectly tuned vocals. So it's like you listen to, like, I mean, it's funny. Play, play some pop, play some really good stuff, modern stuff. And you start listening to like old singer-songwriter stuff from the 70s, old hard rock, and you can hear yes, imperfections. Now, we, because they're legendary, we don't care, but it does jar you and distract you. Now, imagine you don't know who the artist is and you start hearing that. Right. Now you're like, oh, this guy sucks at singing. So we have to kind of play with it. I think that there's, there's I listen to a lot of indie, like, I guess I'm a hipster douchebag. I listen to a lot of, like, random stuff that isn't, like, meant to be, you know, uber pop. And I love imperfections. I love getting them done. And I think that's coming out. I think there's a lot of stuff happening in the music world where that's going to be more yeah. Do you think it's kind of changing back a little bit? I think that, I, I don't even know if it's back. I think that we're evolving into an idea of, like, this giant super system of anything could be popular now. I mean, with with how much streaming and TV, like the biggest thing in music placement, we're listening to so much more indie rock and shoegaze and stuff that was never popular because of shows, because of TV. So it's like that's and that's the dream, man. If you get if you get a song on a fucking good TV show where like oh, one of the main characters gets like raped to die by a right? bulldog, you know, yeah. and the guy's dying from the bulldog <laughs> rape, and then you're singing. Hearts are fragile things. And it was like, what's this song? Well, this guy's getting raped to death by this bulldog. And it's like, oh, that's Kaylin Chase. And then money. Yeah. That's the dream. Yeah. There's so many like new old songs that are coming back because oh, yeah. of Netflix and movies. And you're like, oh, you should, I never heard of this song. And you're like, oh my God, who sings this? And they're oh, yeah. searching it. It's crazy. Can you imagine having a song like on Two and a Half Men when he was getting, she was getting like 40 million an episode and you had a, a couple of songs on there, buddy? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. goodness. That's the dream. Goodness, goodness, goodness. Any uh, sync agents out there, I have many songs and I would very much like to make money off of them so I can buy more pedals and maybe some whiskey. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, so like when I think of autotune, I, I first noticed it with T-Pain, the rapper, singer, yeah. you know, that you could really hear it then. And yeah. it worked really well for him. He used And what was instrument. fucking, what was crazy was they would break his balls about it. Yeah. And then one day he went live on a radio show, no autotune, and he could sing. Oh, yeah. Very, very good. It's just the autotune made him different than everyone else. It was used as an effect, and I'm a guitar effects nut. Like, I have, I have so many. Like, I love morphing and manipulating sounds. Um, the same thing with, I remember when Cher released uh, back in the, I think, 99 or 2000, maybe 2001, but, do you believe in life yep. after love? And she had all that, like, autotune shit. She had autotune? Yeah. Oh, there, there's all, but, like, the same way T-Pain style, like, yeah. and everybody's like, oh, Cher's old, she can't sing. I remember thinking that as a dumb 16-year-old as well. And then I believe that same year she sang the national anthem at the Super Bowl. <sighs> and whether she pre-recorded it, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. She crushed it, and I was like, okay, I'm an idiot. And, I, and it was an effect. Using autotune as an effect is something that I believe in. Now, if you cannot carry a tune and you are using autotune as a crutch live and, and other things and pretending it's an effect, you know who you are. You suck. But So basically, it's really just to correct mistakes. It, right? Like, it, it break it, down autotune to me as if I'm, this is me. This is my brain, and I'm a water bottle. And yeah. you're going to break down auto-tune to a water bottle because I always wanted yeah. to know really what it is other than 
you know, fixing imperfections and changing the sound. So with T-Pain and uh, Do You Believe in it, Love After Love, the chair song, it's used, it grabs notes and digitally morphs them to, gener- like the idea is to correct pitch. What they're doing is doing it really quickly so that you hear that digital, you know, like kind of sound to give it that robotic thing. So they're using it as an instrument. Now the purpose of autotune or Melodyne, which is uh, something we use now, if let's say uh, let's say I'm doing a lead track and a lot of lead tracks you'll hear will have one up the center and two on the side. So it's three tracks that are exactly the same. You don't know there's three tracks. Oh. Now let's say, and that gives it a really thick chorusy sound. Some people do four that are the same track. Pop artists do stuff like that. Some people just double. Sometimes it's just one. But let's say you have a track that's super emotional and it's amazing. I will sing that. Oh shit, that one note. Huh? Now we just bump it up. Huh? Instead of. Uh, and we drag that digitally just a bit to get it in the right place. And then it flows perfectly. And then it's, it's totally fine. And that's really what it was meant for initially, right? Well, the technology has gotten, like, as it's gotten better, I think it's it's become something of an instrument in itself. It's a danger, it's a slippery slope because. I mean, if you back in the day, you could have the most emotional, honest, beautiful track in the world, and if you did, hit a wrong note that sucked, you'd have to punch in. This way, you get to keep that and put it up. Now, is that better or worse? I don't know. But imagine just manipulating pitch, and a lot of times, so I'll use it. Let's say I'm doing like five part harmony, and one of my guys, I fuck up a note or just don't quite hit it, and it's grating. I'll at this point in my career, just just nudge it a little bit, and it's fine. Now, if it's something for me that I care about, I'm probably going to do it naturally to the best of my ability and say, fuck that. But if it's for a client or something like a pop song, if it's a pop song, pop is, people miss, Cato I, I, uh, said this best, like pop is a simple concept. It's what's popular. How do we define pop music? It could be Linkin Park. It could be a dance song. It could be Kylie Minogue. It could be Nicki Minaj. It could be anything. Pop is what a 17 or a pop is what a 13 year old girl and her mom will both listen to hmm. like that's what pop music is pop is not a style it's not a genre it is a envelope and an umbrella that things fall under based on what's popular at the time which is why it's called pop right exactly <clears throat> never really thought of it like yeah. that that's interesting so there's no i don't think pop is a genre and i hope people realize it's just that. the popular shit at yeah. the time uh, back in 1999 corn was pop it's the one of the most it was one of the most popular things i mean it broke trl they had to like stop got the life was number one on total request request live so many weeks that they had to instigate a cutoff that's <laughs> so they pop. could put somebody else's number yeah. one in there yeah. yeah so the backstreet boys or madonna or whoever else was doing the thing at the time and i watched that shit like like crazy when so pop is not a genre what happened with trl that was so cool uh the the tides shifted reality tv became the thing People didn't care. And so uh, record companies had their best year in 2001 or 2000, I believe. And that was when TRL was on fire. And well, they were 1999 all the way through. And then as things started waving down, all the uh, reality TV took over in the early aughts. Then music sales start waning because of downloading digital. Like the record labels didn't understand how to do Napster Napster. and all that other stuff. So now you have a industry that doesn't know what they're doing. Not they, They're trying to figure out a way to make money instead of make the best product and, and use like use the internet to their advantage. So they were like, you know, years late on that. 
Then we get the the big recession, the bubble bursting in 2008. Now, yeah. so instead of jumping on that digital platform right away and figuring out a way to like coexist, the industry fucked themselves. But did the TR rating, did the TRL ratings go down? Oh, it just, I, I don't even, I remember it was there. And then it was gone. And That's gone. what I remember too. Yeah. I just remember it was gone MTV and it just turned into all like TV shows. It, it, it just happened. Like I remember Fucking just going like, oh shit, what's, where's the music videos gone? Um, but it was all part of like, it was the trend and the business cats at MTV were very smart. Now, how much of an effect did that have on you? When they started, when everything started to like Napster, how much? How did your when you were with Corn and you know everything else you did? How did you guys deal with Napster? So by then, I don't or, re- and the other four that came along. I, I forget what think... was after Napster. So by the time when that was really happening, I wasn't even you know doing anything. I used Napster, so what I would do is I would download a song, <laughs> and I would like go, oh sick, this uh this band Delirium has Lee Nash from Sixpence None the Richer. I'm gonna go to the record store and buy a CD. That's what I thought Napster was for. I didn't realize that everybody was just downloading as many sh- many things as they could for free mm-hmm. and not paying the, re- the artists. And I think the way it worked, correct me if I'm wrong, so I have the song. I bought the single. I put it on Napster. Now it's open to the world. Yeah. And, and over time, that evolved and built where everybody that bought anything would put it on there. It yep. could just be one person and 50 yeah. million people get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that that's... I don't know how they couldn't have shut them down a lot quicker because I mean they they played that long game. Well, I mean that was great for me in high school. Burning CDs. Burn I mean it was CDs. great. I was it's... burning CDs, putting your label on top of it. Oh, Sorry, yeah. uh, printed it out on yeah. this DVD burner. That was in high school. Fuck. It's it's an incredible way of making. I mean you can't compete with technology. You can only go with it. Like technology was ahead of the game, and the music industry wanted it to stay the same. They had their best, most expensive year in two thousand one. They made more money than they ever had. And that was the end of it. And they didn't want to change with the times. Um, I'm not familiar with all the ins and outs of that stuff, but I know that instead of using, like, it was such a great tool for me. I, I found so many great bands because of Napster. I was like, ooh, goth, death metal. I wonder what kind of music is there. And I'd find these bands and I'd listen to their song. And I had that, you know, Washington country, you know, 27 acres. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like mm-hmm. 27 minutes to download this eight-minute epic. Fuck, Fuck. dial-up bullshit. Dial-up, yeah, yep. that was it. And See, with me, Napster, believe it or not, I, I would download it, you know, burn it, whatever, but then I wanted the real, I wanted the real CD. Same here. So I would sell it, but I would actually go to the record store that they don't have anymore. I forget yeah. what the fuck they were even called. But I would go, what was the big record store in the 2000s? Oh, we had uh, uh, Tower Records, Amoeba, Circuit What was City. in Philly? Was Tower, Tower was there. Nah. Hastings. It, might have been Columbia. Circuit. I think it was Circuit remember, City. Remember the one that was Columbia House or was it Columbia House? That was the one like you ordered on 99 for 99 cents or. Yeah. Oh yeah, Columbia House and they, and they send they you like 10 you. and they yeah. fuck you with the bullshit fucking. Yeah. Oh, those motherfuckers. Oh yeah. It took me six months to get out of uh, Columbia House. Yeah. Oh. Oh, they, was, they crushed me. Here's yeah. a funny thing on this, you bunch of bullshit. Yeah, and then you have to pay out the ass. But I mean that was that was a different time and if we if, if the record industry had figured out that the, I mean the information age did digital all this stuff, it's a it's a new thing. I don't think they could have done any better. I I would if I was sitting there with all that money from a completely viable form of media, which is CDs and records and all this other stuff. What do you mean the internet? What the fuck is the internet? 
I mean, yes, pornography exists there. Thank you. <laughs> but what do you mean music? Music is tangible. It should be touched and held. I hope it comes back to that because I like CDs and I like having album art. But if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Now you get to look at album art on, on your computer screen. And I, there's no reason to get angry about it. When was it that, that you noticed as a musician that the streams were taking over? Where now, okay, Napster's going, but you can go to Spotify and you get the CPM pay. And you, or you could go to YouTube or wherever the fuck you're going to put it. When did you notice streams like that? for free basically or eleven ninety nine to Spotify but yeah. you know whatever CPM to you when did you notice that really taking a hold uh, I was behind the times I was making fun of the internet like I had a song called I Will Deny Your Friend Request about MySpace <laughs> back in the but really I mean uh, you know I get done with Corn. we got signed uh, like to a, a record label in 2008 right before the financial collapse which dropped the. then we were dropped and that's fucking crazy. And then you know the band pretty much implodes, and I'm just watching the whole world like, kind of. I realized that I was completely out of touch, and it was around that time I was like, oh wow, it's all different. And I ended up, you know, starting to teach, teach vocals, and I was still playing music, but got married and just kind of like sat back and was like, fucking hey, this is. It was like a struggle. I didn't know what to do, and eventually I was just like, okay, this is the future times. We live in the future times now. I am a I am an old dinosaur guy with my brain who's that's broken. Ah, you're 33. Oh, uh, 38. 38. I thought you said that. I'm, I'm 33. Yes, I that's let's go with 33. But I didn't I, fuck up the name, but I fucked up the age. I well, I wish to God it was true. But I was, <laughs> but I had an outdated idea. I was born in that perfect time where it's like I remember what a landline phone looks like, and what those Jeff Goldblum little like green you know fucking Macintosh computers look yeah. like. But I also was there right. You know, saw the cell phone, saw all the other stuff. So I'm, I'm both. I am a dinosaur, and I'm part of the. Yeah, uh, the you've future. seen both ends of everything. Yeah, it was the perfect age group for that, and I don't like it. Could you explain what a 360 deal is? I, I a friend of mine signed a fucking 360 deal and got rocked. You know um, who it was? The guy. We had a really good singer in here. I mean, monster. Oh, and oh. yeah, he was he was oh. gonna be stay independent. Yeah, he's he was the only other person that sang, but not like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, he he could just sing. He was a young kid and, yeah. and sing, and he took a fucking three sixty deal and got burned. But I, I don't really know what the fuck it so, is. So the you can cool Google thing, it all you want, but this is the guy. Yeah. The cool thing about um, having a great manager and knowing <laughs> what you don't know is the one thing I know is I'm not taking a three sixty deal. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, I just remember red flags whenever you see that, like, just run away. And I work with people who I trust, so I'm unfortunately not going to be able to tell you. All I'm going to say is, kids, don't do a 360 deal. It's a bad idea. <laughs> Rob, Google 360 deal. Yeah. We and then we can get the definition and we could try yeah, to break it down. I think right. we, I think I'd be able to help if I knew exactly how they're fucking you. Yeah, like, well, I think it's something like, so they sign and they say, okay, Galen, here's uh, 10 grand. And if you do A, B, C, D, E, we're going to give you this much. But if you don't, you only get the 10 grand. Well, the A, B, C, D, E is like insane numbers for that particular person. Yeah. And then if you don't hit the numbers from what this is just what I know, I think. Yeah. 
then it comes back around and you're still at that same 10 grand and then you got to hit the numbers again to yeah. get more. And it's just this fucking circle jerk while the record company makes a shit ton of money. Yeah, because you're never getting paid out for that. That actually sounds about right. Can you read that, Rob? In the music industry, a 360 deal is a business relationship between an artist and a music industry company. The company agrees to provide financial and other support to, for the artist, including direct advances, as well as support in marketing, promotion, touring, and other areas. In turn, the artist agrees to give the company a percentage of an increased number of their revenue streams, often including digital and online period, live performances, merchandise, endorsement deals, and songwriting royalties. Oh, they fucking with the Billy Club up the ass on that, huh? So could you break that down as a musician? So, actually, and this is why I have a manager, but <laughs> I will say that depending on what the nitty gritty. The numbers are what dictates if you're getting fucked or not. This can actually work for everybody's favor. A fair 360 deal, like let's say if you have an artist, you know what they, they're capable of and you're willing to put the money behind them, knowing that it's going to work, you know, and also being able to absolve that contract, that could probably work for your favor. Depends on the numbers. Like how much do I have to do? If you're willing to put, if you put in A, great, that's the investment. Okay, cool. I can... This is going to help me do this. With that investment, I can do this. I can't do this, though. So make sure that that is, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. If you make it work sensibly, like, if you start small, like, you know, uh, the whole ring idea, like, uh, 360 deals should look like the Olympic rings. You know, working in circles gets you nowhere, but if, you know, if you keep circling and Then you get forward, like the white one. Yeah. Right. Yes. And we can get there. So I think that, that a 360 deal can work well. Um depending on who you're working with, if you trust them and how you set it up. Most, any deal can work. Like, I'm not a, I'm not like, it has to be independent, bro. If it's yeah. not independent, bro, you're a fucking sellout, bro. Yeah, right. Like, if, if somebody wants to come in and give me a fuck ton of money with for something that I can provide, great. Give me the pen. Yeah, right? yeah. and if you want to have some input into the record, if to, to, I will look at the contract to make sure I can still get what I want out of it. Now, if I have to do it myself, I'll do it myself. That's That's fine too. I think having drawing lines in the sand in this day and age, I think, and this kind of goes back to everything else we were talking about, is kind of a silly concept because it's a blurry, beautiful stew now, and there's no real, there's no separation anymore with anything. Technology is moving faster than we can. The robots will take over. Absolutely. So it's like, well, until they destroy us, don't worry about, you know, just everybody do right by each other. Like, I agree with you 100%. They yeah. will destroy us. Yeah. They, oh. they will, we, I believe that just like, we always evolve. The next evolution will be robots. That's what I think. It could very well be. Hopefully, you know that like down, like uploading our consciousness. I no, I think they're. I think that's what will be the yeah. end of us. I want to change once they have a consciousness, it. which I'm sure China already does. I'm, I mean, that would be amazing. But like, so the whole idea is, so I would have a chainsaw wiener. Now, the thing is, what <laughs> I would have do a is what a chainsaw wiener. What's a chainsaw wiener? Like Why would you want to chainsaw? So my dick would actually be a chainsaw if I was a robot. Oh, okay. Oh, I see a chainsaw. <laughs> now, oh, what I'm... I would do is I would constantly be preaching abstinence. But you're also fucking another robot, so you could actually fuck that robot with a chainsaw. And it if hurt. it was correct, yes. But I would also be super into abstinence, like the whole time. <laughs> but I would fuck the other uh, robot. If, that, if you're that robot and has your conscience, you are not going to be abstinent. Yeah, no, I know. It's, it's going to be tough for me, but that's the best part. <laughs> then there's going to be a video that comes later where I'm like, you know, it's the robot with a chainsaw fucking like case for an ass. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, when, when life gives you lemons, and, you know, it's going to be a whole thing. And then I'm going to be a, a pariah 
He's like he, he robot abstinence was was your whole like ministry. And I was like, yeah, but this is, I didn't know there was chainsaw case ass. Well, over may, there. well, maybe you'll go. I don't know. By then, maybe it'll be twenty platinum. That's true. Just on that. Yeah, you know what? Anything is possible, and that's Anything what I like to say. Every day I wake up, and the reason I'm so grouchy it is I have high expectations every day. I had to t- tell my wife this thing. I'm only grumpy after the last half of the day, unless something really shitty happens in the morning. I wake up thinking the impossible will happen every day. Generally what happens, nothing good. <laughs> and I am disappointed. And she doesn't agree with me that happiness is based on expectation. Well, I fucking do. I expect great things all the time. Now, the secret is, when you're done getting grumpy, before you go to bed, be grateful for what you do have, and then get happy again. So, like, I think you should... I relegate three hours of fury in my day. Generally between the hours of two and five. That's about right. And I'm just like, fuck this. Fuck you. Fuck everything. The universe is shitting in my mouth! And then after that, it's like, no, I'm actually well well taken care of and, and love and You're family good to and go. friends. Yeah. It's like, I'm just up my own ass. Sorry. I just was a little disappointed about, you know, not winning the lottery, getting a record deal, getting blown by a mermaid. I guess I had some thoughts. Blown by a mermaid? <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Huh? Whether it's a fish head, you know, or, well, or a girl, it doesn't matter. Shouldn't, well, you know whales are the smartest animal? No, octopuses are, actually. Really? No, that would be interesting to get a blowjob by an octopus. I just it didn't eat you. I'm not going to give any uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers <laughs> to the boys, but you should definitely watch the series The Boys. They uh, tackled that uh, oily question about octopus fucking oh, in, yeah? in a deep, dark way. Okay, we'll let it at that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No spoilers, kids. You know, we were talking about the autotune. That, that never bothered me, but when I would go to concerts... And I started hearing the track played in the background. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Because half the concert, they're not even singing. The The background track's playing. They're singing the hook that they know. Yeah. And that's really it. And when I started seeing that, I was like, fuck, what the fuck is going on? So there's there's a funny balance to that. I'm, I'm, I'm and always... I understand because, I mean, there's a lot of songs, a lot of lyrics yeah. and shit like that. Well, there's two... There's. Jump there's around. a bunch of things like what's that they're jumping around dancing out yeah. of breath there's yeah there, i've seen people that can pull all that off if you're if your chorus is is like a 10 track group vocal and you're the track and you're the like the the hook that's fine you know a lot of bands have like background singers and they have the other things like there's a lot of stuff going on if you're like hanging off the ceiling and doing stuff and you need things like that but you should be able to sing the prominent part of your song but I mean, even back in the day, like keyboard parts, back when keyboard players weren't metal and or hard rock, like there was bands, like guys playing behind the curtain. Oh, really? Uh, that you didn't know were there, and you did could you know hear the tracks. I did not know that. Oh yeah, they're keyboard players for like rock bands in the seventies, eighties. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, that. <laughs> so we've always been using additional tracks. Now, uh, a couple of my friends actually do playback. One of my friends uh, did playback for like Lincoln Park. Uh, uh, the Jonas Brothers, and to that guy, it's like playing. Like, you're in the band, in a sense, because you're running, you have to drop at the right time if one computer goes down. Now, you're playing with, like, a string section. You know, like, there's, you have 13, 14, 20, 30 tracks going on this song to make it sound like the record. And it's not the vocals. There's little layered tracks in there. So a lot of these bands playing to tracks are not half-assing it. They're using it to enhance the show. And I know, but that, there are there are definite bands. I mean, we know, all know the Millie Vanilli, you know, mm-hmm. Ashley that Simpson was, stuff. That was funny. Girl, girl, you, girl you, girl, you, girl. Yeah. Girl. I mean, that's that's a different kind of thing. But playback, 
is an old school concept based on like even back when there was just people hiding behind curtains enhancing the track to make it better so there are bands that do it and use it well um, like if I was going to do a song let's say I was playing a show it was going to be a big show and I couldn't get my band I have backing tracks with dr- the drums and the bass and like some of the background vocals and I would play that fine sure. yeah but, that makes sense but when you're it's but there the problem is we think about like everything else we see the thing that's actually fucking bullshit and it soils the whole thing so now there's purists out there saying playback is not music and all this other stuff I'm like well actually it is not that that's not yeah, music depending on how it's used right discernment and, and how we, we rate things so playback is not the enemy uh, lazy talentless fucks are the enemy like in anything else so now you go you go through all this and now you're with Vimic right now how did that come about so Joey um was uh Slipknot was on hiatus for a little bit or I think just take yeah, I remember Slipknot remember Slipknot yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I mean huge. arguably one of the best metal drummers yeah. ever and Man. so uh the main drummer the original drummer for Korn uh quit before MTV unplugged I don't know any of the band like details but he was just gone so we played with a bunch of guys in like studio did some shows did some music videos and then before the big tour started in the spring of uh 2007 they got Joey to fill in for the year and so Joey and I met at practice. I remember walking in. It was at SIR in Hollywood off of Whitley. Or, yeah, Whitley. So it's the main like practice studio where all the big bands go. So we were in, in there. And it's been like, you know, the winter you always take a break. And we did like some videos and stuff, but we hadn't really been in there working. This is Joey's first day. I walk in. The guy's like shorter than me. And the uh, like wardrobe lady who kind of acted as band mom for a while got a little overboard with it she was talking about so everyone in this band is sober and there's no drinking and there's at this rehearsals and we're gonna bah, 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 bah. and I'm walking in with a six pack of buttons I was like nah that's not true <laughs> and Joey comes over and like dude that was awesome that was hilarious she's like N-. and wardrobe lady laughed that's our little fighter Kalen you guys will get along so Joey and I met we became instant friends like we hung out together every night after rehearsal uh, I bet that makes it so much easier too, right? Oh yeah. Well, he was, and and you know, he's an established rock legend. Yeah. But I, I, you know, it's like ah, get comfy. Come here. Yeah. I, I was here, and I was here for a year as a backup guy. It doesn't matter. But like, I knew the lay of the land, and you know, he's like me. He's like, it's we're awkward, and we don't really know how to. Eh. It's all weird and new. So I tried very hard to like make him feel welcome. So we became inseparable buddies, and uh, we just talked about like. One of these days, we're going to do a band together. It's going to happen. And all the years later, you know, almost... Yeah, it was almost 10 years later. You know, we kind of got started a few years before that. And, and I, you know, he was he was talking about doing a band. Uh, stopped doing Slipknot. He was he had a side project called Scar the Martyr. Had a singer. Um, and then that ended. And he changed the band he was like, I want you. And so I was like, yes, that's, we said we were going to do it. So let's go. It was the coolest thing like to start with. And it was so fun. I went to the, to his house and we wrote, God, we must've written like over 30 songs with him and, uh, uh, Chris Norris, uh, the guitar Chris player. Chris Norris. Wow. Yeah. And he played in, um, Beast. what was that band? Sorry, Chris, you know, I know you, I, you know, I love you. He's played in a bunch of things. He's an incredible guitar player. Uh, so we just worked and worked and worked and just blew, uh, the record label away, got the record, and things were going well, and then uh, extenuating, like all in, extenuating, yes, circumstances. That's good. Whiskey. Uh, <laughs> all these things happened, 
that I'm not going to get into. Yeah, it's kind of like roadblocks. All kinds of shit in many different ways, and it just went it went south. We got a great we got a great tour. We got a big tour with uh, in this moment. We got South America. We got to do uh, Europe, um, a short tour in that. And after 2018, everything just kind of fizzled out. But the record we made is amazing. Hopefully that comes out. And there's a few songs out. I'm really hoping. Um, yeah, what made you guys pick uh, Simple Skeletons as the the first single? You know, I never really... I think it was because we were all in love with the breakdown. Oh, yeah? I think it was just kind of like... Because we didn't have uh, time to do a music video yet, but there was so much like hype about the things. Like, okay, what do we do? Let's do a little visual video. Give them a teaser. And Simple Skeletons was longer. It wasn't like a radio, radio single, but it was like something to show people that, you know, Joey, God love him, he wanted the world to know he was still heavy i he hired me because he, he's like i i know you don't give a fuck about metal and i know you don't give a fuck about being heavy or taking things seriously i was like no i think this is ridiculous i love it it sounds fun <laughs> um you know the, the lyrics can be serious but at the end of the day this entire genre most genres every, i mean all of us are clowns you know jesters yeah it's for fucking it's silly we're dancing around like morons Climbing and, ladders, falling off yeah. of them, and doing it again. Right? So I, <laughs> but I took the ladder with you. Damn right. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah, the ladder broke with me on it. But uh, the the idea that I think that was just like show, let's hit them with the heaviest breakdown. And I I will stand by that is one of the heavier breakdowns I've been a part of in my day. And I've been a part of some heavy breakdowns. Now, who's holding the album? Is it the record company? Because there's an album, right? The, is it ridiculous. the studio, or the record company, a person? So it's a it's under the umbrella of a record company, and oh. because of um, you know, it wasn't released yet, and there's other things yeah. like there's no there's it's not like a bad guy or anybody holding anything. It's like time now. There's you know, also Joey, I don't I don't want the record to come out as a fucking like oh let's play off of Joey's memory right. thing. So however it goes down, like, you know. I'm with you with that. It's like the idea of, like, however it goes down, I would like, uh, Joey cared about, you know, music uh, in schools and things like that. I would love something to be, I, I want people to hear it, but I want uh, Joey's memory to be honored in a not douchey way. I don't give a fuck if I see a penny from the thing. Uh, I care more about, like, you know, Put music in schools, or I don't know, like you something know, that he would want out. Fund of the it. robot army. Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, <laughs> fund no. the robot army. <laughs> you, Man, well, you really want to fuck a robot, don't you? Desperately. Really? Yeah. All right. I'm not surprised. Well, I don't think it'd be counted as cheating, and I think my wife would be cool with it. She might be like, "What are you doing?" I'd Maybe that. You know what? That might get you in trouble. Nah. If you hit off a robot, you might get in trouble. See, the because the is... robot would be programmed and know exactly what to do. <sighs> Yeah, but the best thing is my wife would look at me and say, are you fucking a robot? I was like, yes, yes I am. She's like, you're ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Shower when you're done. There's probably oil and other chemicals. Your dick's probably going to fall off. And she'd just walk away. And I'd be like, I'll make dinner in a bit. And she's like, I love you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I failed you. It'd be great. You know, that's that's what marriage is. Love. Me failing. Well, I mean, you made it. Still here. Still here. How long have you been married for? 11 years. 11 years. Mm-hmm. Wow, she's got a lot of patience with you. I don't understand it. Oh no, I do. I cook and clean. Yeah, that's you see, that's the big thing. You cook and clean. Yeah. That's how he got it. Yep. It doesn't matter if your personality sucks, boys. Just, Just learn cook how to cook and, cook and clean, clean yeah. and you'll be all right, yep. right? Yep. I I'm uh, in all seriousness, I am just a very lucky person in in that regard. I got to have fun in my early twenties, and then I got to meet my best friend, and uh, and she lets me have sex with her. Well, I mean, you can't really beat that. Nah. 
Now, my last best friend, he wouldn't let me have sex with him. It was really weird. <laughs> I didn't get it. I was like, why? Well, I'm not attracted to you, and we're just friends. I was like, yeah, but why? <laughs> and she doesn't say that. So it's like, this is way better. <laughs> That's We got that going for us. I'm still I'm I'm still impressed with the uh, brides that you fucking got to nail while you're about to get fucking married. I mean, that, well, that's impressive. Remember, now these, these I mean, Rob, this, how impressive is that? This was I mean, years before the wedding. This st- years before. Years before or not. I mean, the minds, bra- the whatever you call them. Bra- We're all good friends and, uh, you know. I impressive. Mean, yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, most people have, I think there's a lot of underlying, we just don't talk about it. I think I proudly talk about the people that I've carnally known and, and they've known me and, and we've all made errors in judgment and I am that error for a lot of people. I am that mistake for you. There was something you also said in the car that I think is really important. When you were coming up, you got the sheet with the pay but you held your ground. Yes. Explain that because a lot of people fucked that up. So, Corn was my first big gig, and I ended up seeing uh, a pay sheet for the other guys in the background band. Like there was keyboard player, percussionist, uh, guitar player, like that weren't in like Corn proper, and I saw what they were getting paid. They were getting paid way more than me. And of course, the first time you see that, it was a mistake that I saw it, and. Um, it was on my Hotmail. That's how long ago this hot was. Mail. And I remember going, well, what the fuck? And before I did anything stupid, I said, A, wasn't supposed to see this. I'm not going to get a guy in trouble for accidentally sending this because it wasn't going to be any of the guys who were highly paid. It was going to be a fucking intern or an assistant. It's like, all right. And I was like, this is my first gig. I'm getting paid a decent amount of money. These guys have been working in established bands and other things. I just had to like... It took me five minutes to get over it. And I, you were so impressed by that concept. I'm, to me, it's like very simple. What do I, what am I entitled to other than what I'm getting? But usually I was impressed by it because usually people see that and they say, oh, well, e- fuck the fact that the guy went on world tour and did this and yeah. worked his ass off for 10 years, lost his wife, you know, divorced, yeah. has 17 alimonies he's yeah. paying. Forget that. And that, you know, he's getting a hundred thousand and you just started and you're getting five, you know, ten. Yeah. Most people would go back and be like, "Well, if he's getting a hundred grand, I should be getting at least 50. At the same time with that, it's like if if you give like two five year olds a fucking fruit snack pack, and and one of them is like, "He got all cherries in his." Like, yeah, that's fine when you're fucking five. Exactly. That's and and I appreciate the compliment. I and I'm glad. Yeah, no, I, I really respect that. Um, it it was simple logic, and I was fortunate to be raised, uh, you know, in a non broken home by parents who gave me. A lot of support, and I still resent them for that. And um, the cool thing was, and I can say this honestly, I was designed by better people and around better people that that happened. And so if you ever feel jealous or insecure or out of place and feel like you are entitled to something and you should voice your concern, unless it's legitimate, and you can do that with discernment. You can figure that out on your own. Fucking shut up and do your goddamn job. You know what? That's absolutely fucking beautiful advice. Would you not agree with that? Yeah, too many people don't do that now. They want. And there's, and we're living in a world of injustices and inequality. I'm not talking about, and uh, yeah. so don't sound bite me, fuckers. I'm talking about You're this posh general. ass shit that I was yeah. doing. Like, oh my god, I'm only getting this much a week, but this guy's getting more. Fuck off. Yeah, Fuck right That's off. It. Fuck off, get to work, yeah. and then you'll get the money. And if anybody is f- facing injustice for a case of Bud Light and travel, I will come and fix it for you. <laughs> With violence or sexuality, whatever you need. I hate bullying, 
and meanness and unkindness, and I despise and abhor rudeness. So let me know. You got my, uh, so get on my social media, like and subscribe, and I will fix injustice. It will be in the description. Thank All you so much. All this will be in the description. Oh, good, because I don't know how to do that. Can you pull up uh, tab six? Yep. We'll go pull up your Instagram, and then maybe you want to play another song? Oh, yeah, I can play a song. You pick the next one. Which one would you like? Okay. Let's do, we can do Happy, which is a single, or we can do the uh, COVID song. We could do, probably should do Happy. I think my manager will. Happy? Well, we, man, do Happy. Yeah. Yeah, I think you probably would like you to do that. <laughs> What, while you're getting that set up, what would be one of or multiple? Like, who do you who do you look up to as a kid or uh, when you're older? Who's some of your favorite musicians? I guess uh, Tom Waits, 100, percent one of my all time favorites. Yeah, I like you know some people like I love nature or the ocean. Like you know, it's like it's not just a band. Like Tom Waits is like an element to me. Uh, highly affected by Tom Waits, uh, typo negative, Mozart. Starflyer 59. I knew you were going to say Mozart. I knew it. I just oh, yeah. knew it. By, just by the way... I lost my virginity to the uh, Requiem scene in the movie Amadeus. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, a, good for you. Hey, good way to lose it. Yeah, and it wasn't... Like, the sex was terrible, but the movie was great. Well, that's all that matters. And it was me. It was my fault, movies. you know, for the sex. So you fucked it up, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, it was my first time. I was... Keep! Uh oh! <laughs> I I knew well enough to not go. I'm sorry in the uh, refractory. How period. long did you last? How long did you last? The s- first time? Yeah, like probably 28 seconds. So really, 12 seconds? No, no. It was because I accidentally got in there and I was so confused. I was still for a while. I was like, uh, oh shit! I'm, am I going to hell or is this going to be okay? Uh, usually so, yeah. we double. Usually as an oh, you, know, mm. you, you always double if not triple. Nah, it was definitely under 30. And there was twelve, and there was at least ten to fifteen seconds of fear and stillness. So I guess that technically doesn't count. So yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, I, I, I give you even more respect for admitting that. From movement, from movement, you're on, married, so you count. That doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> second time, you know, because you have that, uh, you know, you know, you kind of already lost one. I got a good twelve minutes out of it, <laughs> and that's not double because I remember because it took about that long for the movie to end. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, is it all right if I if I I don't know what to do. You must have been thinking about baseball or something to go from 30 seconds to Well, it was minutes. only an hour after the first nut, so I still, you know. Oh, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that, that explains it. Yeah, you know, I'm 18 years old. Didn't know what to do. All right, let's see if we can, uh, how's that guitar coming through? As the sunlight hits your face Through the white veil I can trace A fear I can't mistake As I'm praying no one sees Your eyes dance to the side And catch me We don't need any words we know how this works Love's a blessing and a curse But wouldn't it be worse If I gave in to the Instead of living what I learned 
If we could all be happy, if we could all be happy, even though we know we can't get everything we want, if we could all remember when sorrow comes to splendor, and we can all surrender to the I've moved on and I'm okay. You're my shadow and my light, but our love couldn't win the fight, and I will always pay the price. If we could all be happy, if we could all be happy. Even though we know we can't get everything we want, if we could all remember, from sorrow comes the splendor. We could all surrender to the iron will of love. No more regrets, no more playing dead. I'm So the cool thing is, like at the end, there might have seemed like a moment where I had an emotional break at the end, but that was a burp. It's just so everybody didn't know. <laughs> in case you felt that and connected yeah, with me on that, that was didn't a feel it. I was in totally and into it. Everything. It's like, oh, I'm so sad. I was like, I can't lie to you guys. That was a burpee. That's an awesome song. Yeah, I got like hairs on my arms. Me too. Like, I was really, starting to get literally. goosebumps. Yeah. Go back to uh, tab two. Get that song. That's a great song. Get that right there out now, happy. That will be in the description along with a bunch of other shit in the description. On the sites. My God, on, that's on the, how the do you, internet. How do you go, how, like I have a question though. So you, this, I mean, really, and I really mean it's not because you're sitting in the studio, like moving music. I've seriously said my hair stood up on my arms. I'm not lying when I say that. How do you go from like 
corn, right? Where it's like, ah, I got a brand. To this mellow, like, And fucking how? perfect. Yeah, how? How do you switch it almost? I don't want to say switch it, but how do you do that? Well, the funny thing is, so I... So writing metal stuff, like I got to play the corn songs and embody that heaviness, which is fun. And then I played and, and wrote a lot of metal and a lot of heavy stuff. But at the same time, it's like when you are feeling sweet and cozy, like, you know, when you're eating your cereal and your jams and you're watching like a fun movie and you're by yourself and you feel like that little man emotion, like even if it's a Disney movie, you know how like they'll, they'll make you cry? Yeah. Those Pixar movies fuck you up sometimes, fuck bud. Fuck you up bad. Oh, yeah, I'll get it. And it happens. I don't cry a lot, but it'll happen. That is just as genuine as when you're in the car going, You fucking suck! <laughs> so I think if you're, you know, the, the trick is the technicality of it, the building. You know, it's a technical thing. So being honest with your emotions is the... Uh, is what makes the arm, you know, like I, we call it the goosebump test. We really want that in the studio. When I hear something that I'm doing, I did it, man. Yeah, you know, I got it too. And that's the dream. Like, and I, and when I listen to the song, it is, I still get it every now and then, which means it's still good. I am. Um, and that's not Damn. me. I'm not fucking with you. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not that fucking good. You've got goose flesh. I can't just fucking make that happen. I appreciate that very much. So, like, to answer your question, it's, it's the same. Of, it, it, I just happen, I listen to more soft, crazy, emotional shit. Then I do metal. Like, I have a very selective metal category, and I still enjoy it. But even back in the day when I was playing it full-time, I was listening to this kind of shit. Yeah. And I wrote that song with my... The first draft of this, uh, my brother and I were starting to write together in, like, 2004 or five. That shit blows my mind. Like, yeah. when, when a song comes out like this and, you know, other artists that yeah. was written 10 years ago and yeah. just a banger. Yeah. Like this and, is a fuck. This is a fucking banger. Yeah, and I couldn't have done this without my. So my brother had the idea because he was a country guy. So he's like, imagine you're at a wedding and you love the bride, you know, and you're watching her get married to your best friend. So we had this song and the chorus was kind of right there. So that gets put away for 12, 13, 14 years. And as I'm starting to do this stuff, I remember that song, and I was like, okay, what would I do? I turn it into a ghost story. You know, or a, a story about just straight up loss, and like, there's no, there's no like, it's not about my my best friend. And with my brother's songwriting, storytelling sentiment, I got a chance to like pivot. And I so I called Nick, he's like, hey, you remember that song? He's like, yeah. It's like, well, I fucked it all up. You want to get over here and help with it? So we kind of we crafted it, and, and and he helped with that. But it was it turned into this idea of like, you know, I'm just because you and I aren't working doesn't mean that everything is over. This is not a sad breakup song anymore. It's the idea. It's like, well, if everybody could just fucking be happy with what they get and move on, yeah, cool. It's incredible. I mean, I just, I, I listen to any type of music I feel, uh, from heavy metal to country is one of my favorites. I grew up with it, and I yep. used to make fun of it when I was a kid. Oh, my God, my mom's listening to Conway, <laughs> Conway Twitty and all this twangy, oh, twangy nice. shit. But. Uh, there's usually meanings behind a lot of music and you feel the passion or you get into a story and, and you're actually listening to it and hearing it and feeling it. Um, and then, you know, even with heavy metal, like, you know, before football games, we would play Down With The Sickness by Disturbed because oh, it just made you want to, like, it just made yeah. you just want to, like, oh, you, you can do that crush really something. Man, that brings back memories. You know, do like, that again. That you know, yeah. you know, Lincoln Park. Oh yeah, you had your uh, Rob Zombie. 
Um, you know, that was just that, you know, but that got you in the mood for that type of thing. Oh, yeah. The, the, the pump up, the emotional thing. They, and I, th- I think that's the idea. It's like when if you can appreciate being one note is what makes people boring and ignorant. Mm-hmm. Not being able to see a different point of view, not being able to listen to a different kind of music. Doing the same thing all the time will make you stagnant, boring, and dumb. So appreciating, like, I don't want to listen to uh, Happy before a football game. No. That sounds like a terrible fucking idea. But I, but throw on some, I mean, I don't, throw on some fucking Disturbed, man. I'm, I'm down. Toured with those guys. They're super nice. Um, and I always, I would, I would be like, ah, man, I have a little something in my throat. And I'm like, ooh, ah. Because <laughs> you had to do it. Oh, yeah. had to do it. Oh, we used to. Like, we had so much fun. I mean, when Hatebreed, we played with Hatebreed, that amazing hardcore band. Oh, I will be. They were so into like that hardcore thing. So he would always be riling the audience up. So he would be like, oh, I want to see this pit go. Yeah, circle it. Yeah, get your hands in the air. Like, boarding. And so I used to walk in the room and be like, I want to see everybody fill out their taxes. This fiscal year is over. Dope. W9s. W10s. Right off your business face. Like, you <laughs> he know. said, Show me your tits. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, being able to, I appreciate that stuff. It pumps me the fuck up. You gotta, I make, so I sing any of my songs that I write. If I can't make a dirty limerick out of one of the lyrics, it's no fun for you. Yeah. Yeah. If Netflix was so crappy, then why am I so sappy <laughs> when I watch those tits on Bridgerton and then I come, you know, like whatever comes to mind, <laughs> like you gotta, if, if it's a good melody, you should be able to fuck with it. And, but that song means so much to me. I'm like, yeah, I wrote it and I, I'm going to make fun of it. <laughs> I'm going to make fun of all the songs and everything. Make fun of everything. It's called life. Nothing is yeah. sacred. And I truly believe that. That doesn't mean that I don't. You know, hold my friends and family and love and all the yeah. ideas. But if we can't make fun of, like, uh, coming from the church, I still remember, like, you know, when I would do, like, watch Monty Python or something that was supposedly sacrilegious. I remember one day asking, like, does everybody think that God is insecure? Because if God's insecure, this is a problem. <laughs> yeah, it might God be a little has, bit of a fucking yeah, problem, right? Yeah, yeah. And if that's the case, man, granted, the world's going to hell, so maybe he is. Uh, but, <laughs> or she, or they. But, uh, be careful. Yeah, but but if God is not insecure, then blasphemy is like, I mean, if we're not going to follow everything in the Old Testament, like growing your hair long and doing all this other stuff and like you're letting the fields rest for seven years, which would be good for agriculture, like what is this whole saying the Lord's name in vain? When I say God damn it, it's not in vain. I mean it. I want God to damn the thing I'm talking about <laughs> legitimately. So I, I it, this is a long way around the idea. It's like, Nothing no, but it's take. interesting how you think, though. You uh, it know? just kind of takes me like, cause it, it really comes from the idea. It's like, how can you be le- legitimate and authentic in metal and also in this sappy horse shit? Um, I guess it's just you know, if you're willing to be schizophrenic about what, you, what you're doing and just be all in on that thing right then, you know. And I, think so, it, I think a lot of it, sorry, I think a lot of it is just, you know, the things that happen in people's lives, you know, things, and, and fun things too, like you said, you can have fun with it. Oh, yeah. Some things are serious, you know, I always think back to, my mom used to play um, Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton, and every time she played that song, she started to cry, and as a kid, I'm like, what the hell is she crying for? It's just a song, he's telling Tears in Heaven, but he wrote about his kid who fell out a fucking window and yeah. died, and just the emotional impact, my mom didn't know his son, had no thing to it. She was thinking about you. 
Correct. She was thinking, of what would happen to me if my kid... And it's so funny, when we were talking about nothing is sacred, I was like, should I do a kid, uh, Tears in Heaven joke? I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's too much. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I, uh, I guess I was, since I said that I was thinking it, I guess I'm still a piece of shit. Fuck. Well, at least you didn't. I didn't do it, though, and I have like, three the, or four. That's the point. Yeah, yeah that's the best you're going to get out yeah. of me. No, you're right, though. That's like the connection, how we... I mean, there's people who don't even know music, like there are melodies that take you back to a, a mall in high school where you had super good times and you don't know why the song makes you feel this wonderful nostalgic feeling and it's just a combination of melodies that create a memory that is connected it's it's the wonder of science and nature inside you like there are like certain melodies and i just remember i remember the first time i was eight years old i got nostalgia from being six and it was because of uh, peter gabriel's red rain oh yeah red rain. um yeah. off the album so because I remember seeing it with my aunt and uncle at a mall like listening to it like walking through the mall and I was like I, and I loved malls from then on I wanted to go to the mall and when I was in the mall I called it the blue place the big echoey part like back in, in Orange County because the lights would kind of like it looked a little blue, bluish hue and I would just be walking red rain it's falling <laughs> I want an orange Julius before they take the orange fucking Julius, land away that's right, oh my yeah. God. before they orange fuck it up yeah, I, mean, I still remember. You remember the Electric Factory? Yeah. Billy? So we yeah. went there to see a show, me and my buddies. We were in, I think, 16 years old. We went to see Five for Fighting. And. I'm got up and Yes. And and the coolest part of that was I wasn't a big Five for Fighting fan. Just went just to get out. And after the concert, Electric Factory's not big, as you know. We were underage and everything like that. We hung out with the band afterward and drank with them. Like, it was so cool. But then. You know that song, the Superman. Yeah, I'm not there to fly. You know that. Oh yeah. I still sing that song on my car if it comes on, and like my buddies will make fun of me to this day. They're like, "You still like that song?" I'm like, it's "Something about it." You like the back. memory because yeah, it was a fun day. Was that yeah. The I mean that's the, I mean, music is so funny. Uh, food does the same thing. I hold music and food very similar yeah. in art. That's true. Because taste yeah. can take you back to something. Hell right? yeah! Um, <clears throat> Takes you back to when you're ten. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, when I get when I get like a my nanny's recipe right, or you know something my mom makes. If I do yep. it, just like like there's, I just remember all these times I had it. It's it's transported me right there, same way music does. And those are the two for me that work. And cer certain people do this with visuals. I don't see very well. So it's like, you know, when I see a boob, I don't remember the best boobs I ever squeezed. <laughs> like, I'm just like, that's a boob. That's good. But like the taste and, and sound yeah. like remind me of, of these things. And, and that's what, I mean, oh, big thing. You'll never hear me. And I haven't said it yet. I don't call myself an artist. Uh, no, that's dumb. Musician. I'm, I happen to be a technician. Yeah. I'm, I make music. I make that thing and people can call it art. I yeah. Th yeah, that's I what think I do. it's art because when you're talking about this and what you're seeing, yeah. it's almost like you're building a painting and you're following the steps in the painting, and that's putting everything together in your yeah. music. And and it's a weird thing because like, and I've I've gotten in so many like spirited debates with friends about this, and it's not a big deal at the end of the day because you can call what I do art. You can call me an artist. I'm not going to argue. I just don't call myself that. Uh, it's another Cato thing. It's like the audience decides because when a song is done, it's not yours anymore. Like I can get paid for it. Great. Yeah. But it belongs to the listener. They're going to think about things and get emotions that are not what I had in mind. Thank God. Especially some of the shit I write. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, it's just a thing I built that I feel very strongly about. It's just because it's not art doesn't mean it's not like, you know, 
the guy who builds a house for someone is giving life and creating memories. Like, but the the construction. My dad was in construction. I worked with him. He takes pride in what he does, but he doesn't go to every single house he's ever built and be like, "I have created memories for so many families, and they're gonna have babies in there." And like, <laughs> that's for them to do. Yeah, they're gonna I, fall in love with that. I house. don't think you're. An, I I don't look at you as an artist. When I when I said art, I I think it's a it's form a art. of art. Yeah, but I but I like when I'm sitting across from you, I don't look at you as an artist. Thank I look you. at you as uh, like a lyricist, uh, a musician that can play a bunch of. I'm just a dickhead who tells shit. stories, buddy. I'm or a dickhead, dickhead who tells stories, or an awesome dude and, that tells fucking. And you stories. look at like actually, I don't know. Sometimes when I think about some, and I'm not saying this band, and you'll know who it is once I say the lyrics, but. I'm not saying this band wasn't good, um, but like everyone sing. You go to a concert and everyone sings this song. I feel anymore. It'll be like, she's just a small town girl oh, living yeah. in her lonely world. Yeah. And then the entire crowd just takes it away. The band could just stop, and the entire yep. crowd will do that song. And it's yeah. that song's become. Yeah, can, you're right anyone can yeah. do that song. To me, that's see, that's 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 what I would call. There's an art to that because they created something that has taken. The entire world by storm. The same way if you sing Sweet Caroline in a restaurant, yeah. somebody's going to go, bop, bop, bop. There's an art to that. In pop art, I mean, uh, Andy Warhol painted a Campbell's soup can, and it's iconic. Art doesn't have to be deep. Mm-hmm. And people who make stuff, unless you literally you know, are painting and doing things like music, it's fine. And I just hate, I hate the term as an artist as a preface for things you know so uh, as an artist well then what the fuck if if you're an artist then what the fuck is a painter I think Isn't a painter all, a fucking artist we all make shit yeah but the, the thing as an artist painting. it's painting it's I, I'm with you I'm with you 100% it, it, it's, a, it's a nomenclature that, that just like ruins everything it would bother me too it's an excuse like, like we're all building things and I think if we all focus on letting the people get moved by it mm-hmm. and, instead of being like you know, I have this artist sentiment. You know, it's like when I think about my work, it, it comes off as a kind of a deep blue in my heart. And as that blue um, recedes from my pores, I also look at the sky and I realize there's infinity out there. What is infinity, Tony? What is infinity as an artist? I say, I would it's say more, shit. I would, I would say, motherfucker, put some good shit out and let the fucking people decide. Yeah. I think you'd agree. I, I, I do. And And granted, there's plenty of guys who I respect who call themselves art, and that's yeah. fine. And it's and you are, but most of them are to me. I I would just make a public uh, another public service announcement. Um, please stop calling yourself artists unless you have sold a bunch of stuff or have a lot of people who love you. Let's just be builders and let's build a better tomorrow. There you go, mm-hmm. perfect, right? I agree with you, Ken. I agree with you a hundred percent. I think it just make things easier because like there's this. A hoity-toity horse shit that happens. It's like you're an artist and I'm not. Yeah, it's or, like or whatever I, uh, the fuck. Yeah. You know, everybody like anybody who makes something good. I mean, shit. I mean, one of my best friends is the biggest dickhead I've ever met in my life. His his degree of being an asshole is art to me. Like he'll tell a joke that could take twenty seconds. He'll make it last two minutes, and people are stuck there. And the punchline isn't even that good. <laughs> and they don't laugh, and he just looks at them. <laughs> he just stares at them? And they, tell, they break and go away, and I'm like, that, that is art. You're such a bullshitter. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that, that's, well, it's art that he got the whole fucking room to go away. Oh, yeah, no, he, it's like, that's, like, he created something beautiful. Yeah. Like, and, and it's funny. <laughs> he fucked with people in such a beautiful way. Like, he didn't half-ass be, like, it's easy to walk and be like, fuck you, go away. Like, that's, that's not art. 
But like he created a whole scenario where he roped them in and then they went away on their own accord and then we had the whole bar to ourselves. With no punchline and got the bar. Yeah. Yeah, he, he would be my right hand man too. Oh, <laughs> I, I just have a feeling by listening to that song. Oh yeah, today, man. If I don't hear that mainstream radio, there's some big wrong. stuff. Man, I'm telling you, I'm not. I, 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 I'm not I'm kissing your ass. Dear either. mainstream radio, figure it out. That that yeah. that that should really be top ten, top twenty. Well, that, and I'm not saying that because you're sitting here. And I appreciate. You can that. ask I, anybody that knows me, but we're not like that. We're we're way old school. I have gathered that you guys don't uh, throw compliments out willy nilly. Yeah. No. So I really do appreciate that, and I I I love what I do, and I love what I make. Um, we're gonna push the shit out of it, and um, yeah, I'm gonna help you, know, you. We're gonna have it all over the the uh, description. We'll push it on everywhere, every so every one of these stupid don't fucking for, platforms. Don't forget, platform. don't forget about us when you're fame, real, real nine, yeah, yeah, like all when over. This, when platinum, this blows up, platinum, yeah. And yeah. triple. Oh, I'll, I'll be back anytime, boys. I'm yeah. gonna fucking schedule you when you leave here. When you go back yeah. to have some beer. I'm going to text you and fucking schedule your ass now. Ske- so schedule the next one. I'm, when this goes fucking 30 I, times dude, platinum. I, I like it. I'm coming. Like I'm it. coming back, boys. And, uh, you know, this, uh, is, this is amazing. I'm going to bring some hot sauce because apparently I found, I forgot because I was going to do it anyway. It's like, you know how popular hot ones is. Why don't we just chug in hot sauce right now? We blow this thing. You know, everyone's going to love us. Fucking <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. We could do a hot sauce enema. We could do all kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> Turn this into jackets. We'll, we'll have that already next Yeah. Week. Yeah. yeah. We got to do that. Yeah. When you come back, we got to make it fucking fun as but, fuck. But let's not do the hot sauce enema. I spoke out of turn. I'd rather not have hot sauce in my butt. Please don't do that. Johnny Knoxville fucked himself up on this last one. Yeah, oh, that guess he's yeah, not right. He's done, man. Well, Johnny Knoxville is... Uh, it, now that, the man sacrifices his body in ways that hey. I've never imagined. Respect. He would, and everybody who talks about him is like, he's a little crazy. He's like, <laughs> it's like, this is a good idea. I'm like, well, no, it isn't. That's how he made his money, though. I, I, I've always... My my father says, sacrifice your body for the job. Like, I'd love that idea. He's wiser now and he says don't. But I'm like, I still think it's, there's an aspect of, of giving everything to something. And people call you crazy for it. But guess what? Those crazy people are remembered forever. They're yeah, legends. And that's right. if I can, it's going to be very difficult for me to hurt myself the same way live as I used to when doing metal. But I have plans, guys. And I want to promise the people that even though I'm playing technically softer music, I plan on damaging my body, mind, and soul even more <laughs> in the future. I give you this, my pledge. But you're 100% right, because although Johnny Knoxville might not ever come all the way back in the head, he's still all right. You know, he's just a little... He's off. got enough money. He's going to eat olives and... Uh, you He'll know. fly to fucking Germany and get all them stem cells yeah. and all them fucking shit in the brain. Oh, yeah. But he did it doing what he loved, and he put his all into it. Yeah. And that's all you can ask out of a fucking human being. Amen. Right? Amen. I, that's what you guys are doing. It's like, that's, you know, that's it. Anybody who works hard and, and does what they like, and that can be anything. Kids, that can be anything. Please don't make it murder. <laughs> unless you're getting paid a whole lot. And, and, and unless it's a and villain. Get the money like, up front. Yes. And uh, vigilante justice should only be done for villains, and you should uh, email me to make sure that it's not <laughs> some political thing. Like, you know, like if you want to kill a pet or ass, I'm not saying yay or nay because I don't want to get incriminated. My manager's going to be so pissed. <laughs> I plead the fifth. I plead. Sorry. All right, let's check out your Instagram and see all the cool shit you got on there. It's actually good that you're doing this because I don't remember what my handle's called. <laughs> Uh, Kaylin underscore Chase. We'll have that in the description. Thank God, because I along with everything else. Yeah, that's that's important. <laughs> you might need to. You might want to know that one. I got uh, a business card. It's fine. Play this one right here. Yeah. And then unmute it and blow that up. Yep. 
Where's this at, Kale? Uh... Oh, this is the... Um, I don't want to put you on the spot, sorry. You no, know, it's in Nashville. It was a showcase that I did oh. just a couple weeks ago, or about, a, I think, a month ago. And you're playing that happy song. Well. Oh, yeah. And there's my brother in the, the red suit. Right here. your brother in the red? Yeah. Oh, cool. It's like my evil doppelganger. Ah, it's cool as shit. So that was a fun show. I got to play with a... This is the kind of band I want to play with. Anybody who wants to book me, pay for a full band, please. I don't want to fucking play acoustic anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Now, is there anything um, specific you do, say, the day before or a couple hours before you're going to go on stage to save your voice? You know, some people use salt water, hot water, whatever bullshit they say. Yeah. um, So I have a... So I'm a vocal coach, actually. I do that for a lot of people um, in varying degrees of, like, some people who just want to sing karaoke well, uh, some signed artists. And so doing the warm-ups, you know, keeping your voice, it's just like working out. Like, the voice is a little human body. It's got little parts. There's resonance, all this stuff. So because I teach, I get pretty warmed up most of the time. If I feel weak, I do my warm-ups. The biggest thing is to... Calm the fuck down. Stress. And what people don't realize, especially like young young folks, you go to a show, you're the fourth band in a five band or six band bill, and you're there and you're, yay! And you're talking to people at your show. You're yelling over loud music at the club. That's why your voice is fucked. Talking over loud music and whispering are the two most damaging things you can do to the voice. Way more than metal Whispering, screaming. really? Whispering dries out the vocal oh, cords. Right, yeah. Never thought about that. Yeah. What's this thing that happens? <clears throat> I forget who the last one was that it happened to, but they, they blew out like their vocal cords. Well, what happens with that? They're not warming up. They're not stretching. They're going too hard. It's it, A lot of it's going too hard, uh, you know, not giving themselves time to rest. Um, you can develop polyps, you know, little uh, striations on your throat. Uh, vocal maintenance is super important. And I, I actually got nodes on my throat to where I was going to have to have surgery. And I used Chinese medicine, yep. regular, like Western, no, regular. I apologize to my friends in China who are taking over the world. Uh, <laughs> I used Eastern hey, medicine, hey. natural homeopathic stuff. And like I went to like Ozzy's throat doctor as well. And they had a tube up my nose. And, and I just worked and went to like a vote. I, I had no money and I just got in debt to fix it because this is my only fucking thing that right. I have so you gotta be like watch out for that stuff like as a singer learn good warm ups treat your voice like an instrument it's a guitar if you break a string on a guitar you can change it if you break a string on this it's gonna take you a couple days if you have to sing while your voice is broken it's just gonna get worse and worse so now say you would have had to get surgery mm-hmm. would you do you think you would have been able to recover 100% uh, I, there is a good chance. There, uh, there is a good chance. Yeah, they, I, I and so the funny thing is, so I lost uh, my falsetto for about a year. Oh, uh, this was a while ago, and then it came back, and that's when I think it was in my mid twenties. I got like twenty seven, twenty eight. You know, yeah, li- around there. And I was like, what? It came like, back I, like stronger. Almost. I could do the butt rock stuff that I when I might have been able to do it before, but I never did because I didn't have nobody hired me for that. And so now it's like, oh, cool, I can do the Lego Batman soundtrack. So while I was terrified and, and ruined as a human, like uh, my soul was broken. That's, that's your everything. Um, 
and I had to like get I had to choose my gigs carefully. I had to teach in a certain way. I was like lying and hiding. You know, I was I was still able to do the job right, but like I had to like fake a lot of stuff. And then if I hadn't had that, I wouldn't have done the Lego Batman thing a couple of years later. So remember when when tragedy happens, be positive. Things will work out in your favor if you believe in yourself just get that happy song get that yeah. fucking ha- <clears throat> download that happy song download that motherfucker what spotify apple wherever the fuck yeah. you can find it download Where, wherever it. it lives that's that's it that's all you need it's my uh it's my miracle balm for your soul <laughs> all right man well <clears throat> thank you for your time anything else i don't want to hold you too long other than you are coming back before you go 50 times pot i'm coming back anytime you want i love this this was a blast uh gentlemen and i do not give compliments willy-nilly either uh this has been super fun i kind of feel like you know like you're hiding behind there like you know i'm like what's what's your deal (laughs) you want a back rub or something like you're hiding (laughs) and it's like it's like it's some unattainable thing like you and i are are basically having mouth sex with our words right and then i throw in the little little sly comments every so often yeah yeah Yeah. and you're here and I'm just like wondering what you're about but we'll come back to that um, in the next episode yeah. he, he makes it so that when we're done there's not four hours of post when we're done it's done like That's, as long as nothing got fucked up and it's over it's done good to go you guys are um, incredible um, it was a pleasure being here oh um, honor having you yeah. this is great and uh, nobody take your fucking uh, selves too seriously everybody calm the fuck down exactly love it thank you again sir I'm gonna shit <laughs> That's fine. I got the shake cram before you shit. No, nah, it was right right when it happened. All right, whatever. I can get new chairs. I'm going to buy you a new chair. Warranty. I'm going to buy you a new chair. This is a, no, this I, is a loose I get, one. I get lifetime warranty on it. Oh, fuck. Never mind. Shit gonna, on it. I don't care. I'm going to sit in my stool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for your time and beautiful songs. Thank you for bringing your guitar and playing them for me. I really appreciate it. Any day. Everybody. Any day you guys call, I'll be back. I love it. Thank you so much. MSCS Media is now part of the Spotify exclusive team. If you'd like to watch this episode and others uncensored and uncut, click on the link in the description below.